Welcome, everybody, to the Broken Campfire Podcast. I'm your host, Andy. I'm joined by our regular group of fellas. That's John, Flash, Greg, and Vito. What's up, hey, everybody? everybody? Oh, Hi. We got a pretty big show. Uh, but first off, I want to tease a few things coming up. We've got a stream coming up, actually. If you guys were there for what? last Thanksgiving... We really appreciate that, and we hope you guys are going to tune in here on, uh, what do we decide, April 17th, for another right. um, full-day Twitch stream. Uh, we haven't really sussed out the details on what will be there or the exact schedule, but uh, probably next week we'll have that information in a pond. Um, so, you know, for now, just mark on your calendar. and Expect you something guys have to any... go horribly wrong. Yeah. Invite and every you guys have... single gamer you know. Of course. If you guys have any suggestions for games you'd like to see us play, or things for us to talk about on uh, the stream or any future episode, of course, brokencampfiregmail.com. Also, uh, many of you guys might be playing It Takes Two right now, Joseph Ferris' new game. Uh, we got into that in a big way. All five of us here. Um, how, was, well, sorry, let me be specific. Being Flask. Greg and his, well, our friend Danny, who is not on the pod, he, uh, or they've all, or we've all beat the game. John and Flask, or, god damn, what is up with me? John and Vito, you guys are quite getting your way through the game. Probably going to be done in a few days, I think. So once they're done. It's taken us a little bit longer because we're finding um, more secrets than anybody else, so. Right, really you know, we're kind of, the, level. of course. kind of the 100% guys, what? the the yeah. cleaners, you know, as you will. We do but it so I you just, don't have to. I just realized yeah. they probably know the developers, and they're probably getting new content patched directly oh, into their root copy of the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking we the same control, thing. Well, Vito, Vito, we can't confirm or deny anything like that. Right, I yeah, I mean. Once again, Vito paying developers off to get more content put into his copy. Just to say as three always. words about it, though. I love it. Might be my game of the year. We'll yeah, get into a whole game. episode thing on it. Um, maybe next week. We'll see how John and Vito... We'll see how many secrets John and Vito find. It might I'm take thinking me and John are going to beat it tonight. Yeah, I mean, you're not going you're you're to beat it tonight. Alright, well now we have to. Now I'm definitely beating it tonight. Now, now I'm beating it tonight. Hey, I told you guys last night, you guys would get one letter piece last night, and you guys got one letter piece last night. I'm just saying... He did say that. No, I was willing to go get the second. You know, I'm, you know what? I'm not even going to. We're not going to do it. They're trying to split us up. They're trying you know? to split us up. They're they trying can't. to split us up. No. I actually went to sleep pretty soon after that. I was tired. So, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't even worry. When I watched you guys play, John, I heard some very cruel things coming out of your mouth about you. Oh, yeah. But that's not coming from his Well, no, mouth, not though. not to Vito. It's to yeah, Cody. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's to Cody. My bad. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah, just, well, I've don't worry. We'll get all into Cody. Man. We'll get all into Cody on the next episode. All right. End of discussion proper, yeah, I got though. something so to say about fat, fat motherfucker. We got a couple of <laughs> uh, big things to discuss. We watched um, Robert Kirkman's Invincible. and But first, uh, Vito and I both played and finished... Return of the Oberdin. Vito, uh, I'm Flask's recommendation. <laughs> Overdone. Yeah, I, I uh, really I, thank you for recommending that. I that was, I mean, the way you described it, you said it was like uh, the perfect double whammy playing Outer Wilds 
into uh, Return of the Ober Din. And mm-hmm. I guess I wasn't exactly sure what you meant maybe um, when I started the Ober Din. But once I finished it, I got it. And I do feel like those games are similar in some ways that might not be obvious. Um, Complimentary, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think... Um, I mean, when you read into both those games, it seems like both those games were made uh, to like solve gaming problems. I don't know <laughs> if that's probably like maybe not Outer Wild so much, but they're both kind of like um, experimentations to solve certain certain problems, um, and um, I think that's really cool. Yes, I mean that like. Uh, Outer Wilds, you could you could interpret it as like not so much solving problems, but well, it was uh, like his thesis, just coming right? up, so, yeah, yeah, coming up with like. I guess that's uh, what I mean, yeah. Like he he built this whole world uh, around his uh, thesis, and then it ended up being right uh, this video game, and then you could you uh, could almost say that each mechanic is like solving its own little problem <laughs> or solving a little uh, bubble right. of physics. Yeah. Or, or I don't know, just just watch, just uh, reading into like the creation of Outer Wilds, and how they talk about like the issue of getting this this problem of how do you get gamers to um, get into the exploration mm-hmm. mindset and get them mm-hmm. curious um, without holding their hand, you know. And and I know Andy talked about that on a previous pod, uh, how they developed a tutorial in a certain way that would give you all the tools to explore the universe. Um, and kind of gear you up and prep you, um, get you in that mindset for exploring. And that was that was one of the problems they faced when making that game. And then Return of the Oberdin, um, you know, reading into a couple interviews with Lucas Pope, that game started as him wanting to create a game in... Um, one like bit monochromatic one bit. dithering. Yes, <laughs> um and and then going and trying to do that and then running into this issue of i guess dithering in a 3D world is disorienting and <clears throat> doesn't look right so he had to figure out a like the proper dithering method um and that's like literally how he started making that game and then from there and he started- and, 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 and uh, to cap that off i think the solution to him was that he can't show dithering in motion which is why you experience the game as like a, it's a still image that you walk around more than it is like a, an object in motion that you follow. You know what uh, I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, you know, the other problem he was trying to solve was he, well, he was basically trying to figure out how he can make a game with like grammatical, you know, around the, the gameplay being uh, revolving around grammatical sentences <laughs> kind of, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the game. This was another game that kind of made me turn my my zombie gamer brain off and actually have to think. And I felt like a real detective. And there's definitely a bunch of moments in that game where I felt really good when I when I pieced something together. That's uh, great. Yeah. How about you, Andy? I'm just going to throw a spoiler warning here and say that the spoilers get more major as we go along until 2432. But generally, we all really enjoyed Oberdin, so play it if you haven't. If you're really curious, you can listen to the point where I say that I'm going to put a warning in for minor spoilers. Yeah, so um, 
I don't know if this is a fair way to describe it, but it, it, it's, inter it's interesting that Outer Wilds and Oberdin sort of attack you in different modes of reasoning. Uh, they're, they're asking you to solve their big puzzles in different ways. Uh, and, like, Outer Wilds is more of, like, a deductive reasoning, as in you, you start with a bit of knowledge about the world and some basic hypothesis, you know what I mean? And then you're, you're testing that. Whereas, like, Oberdin, I think, is more of, like, an inductive reasoning where you can't really make a, a hypothesis about anything. Rather, you're seeing these specific details and you're trying to see how those fit into a bigger picture. Huh. Um, That's interesting. I think because the games, like, I, I agree with there was a perfect recommendation and, and Flash's description of it as, like, the, the, the next thing to play after Outer Wilds. It's great. Um, it's totally accurate, but uh, I don't want people to feel like they're going to get the vibe of Outer Wilds. They they give you a different no. detective vibe, entire, oh, entirely sure. different vibe. Um, yeah, but I if guess you're I meant into they just like, hit the same part of my brain though, like right. Once oh sure sure sure. Uh, yeah, Oberdin was great. I mean, there's 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 almost two games there that uh, are both really good games. And the first game is like a walking simulator. Uh, like, this game could have been a three-hour walking simulator that is just, like, walking back through the game's story. You know <laughs> what I mean? To, um, which is what how you experience the quote-unquote, like, main narrative of the game. What actually happened to the ship is that you basically started the final chapter with the last three or four people alive and see their fates. And then you walk back to the beginning and uh, going through this, like, really crazy um, Lovecraftian type of uh, adventure on the seas. Uh, and they could have released the first two, three hours of the game as a walking simulator, and I think it would have been well-received, because that stuff is really cool. But then after you do all that, well, or while you're doing all that, it expands out into, like, another seven, eight hours of gameplay uh, inside your notebook, where you have to actually take what you saw and then fit it together. And I think the experience that like most shocked me about the game was how many times I would play the same memories, the same chapters over and over. Yeah. And it, it but it still feels fresh because I'm seeing different things every time. Um, and it inspires you to like play the game your own way, like the way that works best for your brain. Because I, yeah. I, I saw Vito play quite a bit of it. I know uh, he didn't play it the way I did. You know, like Vito. You yeah, would uh, you, you would uh, form you would you would form hypotheses you you would, you would form like little ideas and then you would like almost obsessively like just try to find everything you can about this one person this one idea you know what I mean whereas at least until at least until near the end I was playing it more like I would kind of just like free form walk through a memory I hadn't been through in a while and just try to notice things you know and like uh, try to make try to notice new things and ask what those mean that's um, interesting. Yeah, I also felt like we played a little differently. You were saying earlier on that you were playing very tight. Like you wouldn't fill in an answer unless you were sure that, uh, you know, that was that person or, or that oh, was the yeah. way they died. And I was kind right. of the opposite where as I was going through, I would just take a, a wild guess on, if I really didn't know, I would just take like a wild guess, unless I really had, had no information at all. But if I knew like this guy is one out of, he's gotta be one out of these five people, uh, you figure, I would just guess one of them. And then I 
got a lot of people that way, you know, because eventually <laughs> I would get three fates and I'd go, oh, yeah, nice. I, I, what a lucky guess, you know. Um, and I thought that worked. I thought the game doesn't punish you for that. I, I thought, you know, I mean, the game explains that you'll you'll have imperfect information. It will be a lot of uh, leaps in logic that need to be made. And I thought that was a fine way to play, except I do feel, um, Andy, you were there. I do kind of feel like I cheated myself out of that. I, when I had w- one group of people, uh, one of the, uh, the disappearance, uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. And in one chapter, a group of people disappear. You don't really know anything about them, what happened to them. And that was the last uh, group of fates that I had to figure out. And there is a bit of information that will clue you in to what happened to those people. But instead, I made a guess and I got it right. Um, <laughs> and afterwards, Andy showed me what that you made. You made was. you made about five guesses and then you eventually got it right. What's, yeah. So maybe I feel even more cheated because I kind of brute forced it. Um, I did. You know, I was trying to make educ- those. You know, you saw how I was oh. doing it. I was. There was I, a, I can make you feel a little bit better, Vito. I dug online, uh, like on the subreddit and shit, just see what people were saying, thinking about the game. Um, that experience, specifically for that group of people, is not uncommon at all. I think that's often the last group of people that get solved. I think there's often brute forcing that happens. Huh. Okay. I think it would be... I would feel... Uh, you know, it would be really cool to have that eureka moment of finding that little nugget of information that you're maybe supposed to and then figuring it out the right way like you did um but anyway which which is funny because like i was literally me and vita were playing the game at the same time um and we weren't you know we we were at a point in the game where we both early on like we couldn't really spoil anything to each other we were kind of just talking about our theories and shit you know um and i had that eureka moment while i was talking to vito and then i told vito my idea before I went and tested it and saw that it was true, but Vito had forgot about it. I thought that was that was my that was my favorite part of that whole encounter. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah. Alright. By memory, each of you, who is your favorite passenger and why? Oh Ooh. dude, I love the third mate. Yeah, third, third mate's mate. cool guy. Super uh, uh heroic, good guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean he he's like uh he's the real hero of the ship. Which one was um, the guy who threw the axe? Threw the axe? Yeah, there's oh, a guy who threw an axe. Oh, dude, that was badass. I, I don't remember <laughs> that guy's name, but he is up there. He he was like below uh, deck. There's, oh, at the well, uh, crab. Hang on, we're, we're getting into... Well, yeah, I don't want to say well, crazy, but yeah. Yeah, we don't have to talk about spoilers, but yeah, I know exactly well, this, I'm, I'm probably going to preface this segment with like maybe minor spoilers. Oh, well, then <laughs> just, yeah, he just, whipped oh, it in okay, a giant well, crab. Be careful. Blow it right yeah. Open. This this monster was attacking him, and like he says some cool line. He's like, like a monster. Take this! Yeah, and throws <laughs> yeah, an axe at him. Whips an axe at him. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, who who had the worst death? Uh, the guy who shit himself. The guy who crush, shit himself, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The old the painter dude. Him the old or tentacle the, uh, up the butt. Yeah. yeah, him or the guy who got torn in half the with the tattoos. The, uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Maba, I think his name was. Uh, I, th- I I think in an interview when asked that question, Lucas Pope said it was that guy, in his opinion, who had the, um, yeah, the worst Yeah, I got pretty, pretty bad. Um, yeah, and I, I love the uh, the epilogue in that game where uh, you kind of get 
the uh, all this information about what happened to the estates of you know i guess oh, the, who got know, paid and who got like charged what yeah and and you yeah, know there's cool. a, there's a lot of aw- awfully in the judgmental game. Yeah, murder well, crewmate. Murder but they don't. Crewmate, they don't know crewmate. all the information that that you know. You know, so a lot of these people who may be killed out of self defense or out of you know heroism or whatever the hell, um, you know, they came off as uh, murderers in the end. Pretty pretty fun. Uh, that game Man, made me want to play if, Papers, Please. Yeah, same. I mean, Papers, I Please is a really good I, I game. It. I like that one. I owned it for Papers, many please. years. I got on a. I got it free at one point, but I just haven't touched it all right let me give you guys uh, another quick one real quick if you could either doing a an Oberdin two you know if you could have a different setting where would it be uh maybe oh, like dude, that, uh, I've, I've thought about this yeah i was gonna go with like uh a wild west town oh that's cool too yeah, around, yeah around, like wild around, west around. town like even like a train or something yeah, well, oh, yeah, a train, a, tra- a train could actually, a train could definitely work. A, tra- a train parked in a Wild West town. Now that's the, yeah, I like that because I just yeah. thought about like the like the spooky, weird West type vibe where like you're just strolling through this abandoned town and um, Oberdin splits it up with like uh, four different ships and maybe in this game it's like you can't get into the saloon until a certain point um, or you can't four get into the general uh, store, right? Right, and you know, you could have some spooky things attack the town. Oh with, like, shit! Some I just thought of something. Yeah. What if so? What if it's like so? There were obviously like uh, not supernatural elements, but like mythical what? elements in this game. What if in the the next game there was like actual supernatural elements, like ghosts and stuff, and they like their spirit lingered in the memories you viewed? So like. Oh, they so you noticed you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what if the ghost cool. noticed you? That would be cool. So, yeah, I mean, we're, while we're talking about this, so the game very explicitly ended with the protagonist, uh, like, it tells you you still have the pocket watch. And then you put the book on the shelf, and the symbolism for that is kind of ambiguous, but I took that to mean this is just another day in the life for this guy. He put that book on the shelf. Mm. There's more space on that shelf for more books. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that's interesting. At the same time, you know, after I played that game, I I dove into a couple interviews with Lucas Pope because I I uh, thought the yeah game was I was gonna great. bring that up too. He he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's gonna make Noberden too. Uh, I feel no, like I I agree. I think he's the kind of guy who throws himself into an idea, then he gets it out in the world, and then it's on to the next idea. You know. Yeah. I think he he could say he did it. He nailed it. He made the game basically entirely by himself um, with a little tiny bit of help. And uh, that's it. On to the next one. Especially with how hard he said that game ended up being and how crazy it was to do shit like trying to make this narrative with 60 people and then, you know, everything that he accomplished in that game basically by himself. I, I think, yeah, he... Yeah, I love. He set himself uh, up for a bad time going to Oberdin too. I thought that was such a an interesting behind the scenes look when he's talking about the issue of localization when making that game. It's just something I wouldn't have thought of. This game has a you know the gameplay has this grammatical structure, and that could fall apart when you're making when you're translating this game into other languages. So he kind of had to. You know, play around with the um, with the wording, 
um, so that this, I guess, makes sense in, in all these different languages. And I like what he said, though, um, that he wasn't trying to make a perfect game. He was just trying to make, like, a good game. <laughs> um, I think that's, like, a good attitude. I don't know. I'm not sure. And, uh, but, but to that point, though, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it, but he could have made some UI improvements to man- manipulating the notebook. He could have made, improved some little things here or there. But I actually do think it's pretty close to a perfect game for evoking the type of vibe and being the type of game it wants to be. You know, I would hmm. give a game a solid 9-5. Sure, nine, yeah. You know. Uh, I hope it's inspiring in, to in other In a world where ratings mean anything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that this can all be done by one guy, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's a true, it's a true, you can only play once experience. And, and those are always yeah, kind of precious. Yeah. Andy, right. you made a comment to me um, off the pod about how this game could only exist basically if it was made by one person because you could easily see some committee fucking this up um, by, I don't know, saying, oh, no, the player needs to be guided more. Um, right, exactly. Or, by, by like, too many people, like, with too, too many different perspectives, like, somebody's like, well, that's really confusing to me. I think we need to ask some more stuff here, you know. Um, the exactly. purity of vision makes the purity it of uh, vision. a lot better. Right. And, and, and at the same time, that just adds more to the praise that, like, all the mysteries in the game are solvable, and it does feel natural, and, like, you rarely mm-hmm. feel stuck-stuck. So, uh, at least for me, uh, a development well, studio well would never have done the fucking. Uh, sorry, a development studio would never have done the the bunks. <laughs> oh no, absolutely not in a million no. years. What do you mean by that? So the whole where, bunk where you, thing. Where, you, the way you solve like I don't know ten to twenty people's identities at, at least right. is uh, is by narrowing it down based on bunk tags. But that oh, is yeah. not at all pointed out at all. The game makes the most subtle pull to get you there. And that is that there's a character who pretty much only appears in the chapter that he dies, and the game tells you it's an easy one to solve. Like, it rates the difficulty of all the ones you can solve. And it's an early game chapter, so you're not going to go looking throughout the whole game for this guy. And so it invites you to keep asking, like, why does this game think this one is so easy? Mm. And if you keep checking that scene over and over, that's the bunk scene. And you right. can see his bunk tag very clearly marked, and that leads you down to wondering, like, well, what the fuck? There's bunk tags? Yeah. You know. I remember my little Eureka moment when I, I found those bunk tags, you know, after visiting that memory several times and realizing that I could, exactly, like, that I could actually pinpoint many, many crew members through those, uh, through those bunk tags. Right. <clears throat> All right, I think... Uh, I think that's about it in our Overdin. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. game. Uh, if you've already, if you've heard us talk about this far, I hope you've already played it because we we spoil the shit out of it. Um, but yeah, on the off it, chance it you went from minor to major spoilers, <laughs> my ten, well, my, uh, I think warning. Well, the thing it, the thing was we didn't. I think me and Vito were talking no spoilers until you invited yeah. us to talk spoilers, and then yeah, we kind of. I was spoiled. actually saying that in terms of like I'm just gonna be careful, but if that invited at, more spoilers, so it's going what? to be. A definite major spoiler. Hopefully, now. people are like me and they could listen to uh, pretty uh, bad spoilers. And well, then yeah, I mean, they'll just he, forget he, them. He heard me talk play. about the outer. He heard me talk about the outer worlds for like twenty straight minutes, and he forgot everything <laughs> I said. I, I don't, you know, I have selective uh, memory, or you know, what it is like you said. If if uh, 
I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not really absorbing it, you know? So all I could hope mm-hmm. is that people just listen that me and Andy are gushing over this game. That's and, like how uh, Greg lives his whole life. Maybe Flask <laughs> can add a bit maybe Flask can add a bit of collar to his swirl warning and just like say like uh, everybody really loved it and you should play this game instead of listening to us talk about it. But if you have mm-hmm. played it. Yeah. All right. All right. What else I, we got? All today? right. Well, yeah. Let's move on to the next big thing. Maybe even bigger thing. Uh, sorry for John and Gray. You guys have been quiet because uh, you didn't play that game. But. No. Well, John was there. No. Nope. I watched like five minutes. It looked cool. We got Invincible, though. So Andy, I don't know how to explode your bubble, but I haven't watched this yet. What? I thought you were there. My bad. Nope. Um, yeah, me neither. So, you were dead. <laughs> All right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so right. Jeez, uh, several, se- several of us, several of us there watched uh, Robert Kirkman's Invincible, The Walking Dead guys' new show. It's an animated show on a- Amazon. Um, Flask and I have read the entire thing. And uh, I was telling Charlie last night, Flyus, I I just I'm so surprised that it actually exists as a show. That, like they they did it. <laughs> we were talk we've been talking for a while about how great it would be as like an animated show. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's the format it would be if it's anything. Um, and uh, we have people here who haven't seen it, and I and I want you guys to see it. So I don't want to get into huge spoilers. I guess unless right, you guys we don't, don't care, to. but um. I was going to say, uh, I I thought it was really good. I have some gripes, some some minor nerd fan gripes. As a guy who's read it all, I think Flask, you might have a few more than me. But um, Charlie ha- told me last night he thought it was about, or he thought it was the best it could probably be, uh, being adapted to television. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's probably fair. But, um, yeah, I think that's fair. Pretty fair. I mean the the production values are, are great and the animation is very pleasing. Uh, yeah, the fight scenes are obviously like well animated, but even the, even just in the in between stuff, they don't skimp on the details, so that's cool. Okay, so I think we will talk a little bit about episodes one through three since John Flask and I watched it. So spoilers for those episodes. Uh, though Flask and I have read all the comics. <clears throat> I won't be spoiling that, or we won't be spoiling that at all. Spoilers for the Invincible TV series on Amazon, episodes one through three, until forty-two, forty-one. Yeah, no comics spoilers past. What uh, and and John, you cover. you're no comic noob either. You've at least read enough of the comics to cover what you've seen so far. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have to go back. I think I've read like thirty or forty-ish. Like I said, just like ten years ago. So even then, I really. I mean, I remember some of the big names you were mentioning, but like, what you watching those three episodes? I was like, I wonder what's gonna happen next. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, gotta, yeah sure. I mean, I, I knew the huge things, but like, you know, seeing sure, my yeah, scene, sure, I was sure. like, I don't know what's gonna gonna happen. Yeah, well, I I kind of had that feeling too, actually, because uh, you know, you never you're, you're always gonna be surprised about whether you're an adaptation. Uh, they changed yeah, the, the sequence of events around. Uh, plus, you know, I read all 144 issues last year. By, by issue 144, you're not really remembering the first 10 issues as well as you used to, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that, that's even a good place to start. I mean, there was a, a big deviation. Was that the security guard and his son, there's some sort of side plot going on with them? That I don't remember that at all. I don't know, you know, what I'm talking I don't about? know where that's going to go. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I feel like that 
is like going to end up setting up a villain or something later on. I don't know what I because we keep cutting back there at the beginning of the episodes, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't I think, know. What, I don't know. I think overall, they're they're treating it as this whole show is like an alternate take on the story, you know. Like, an, I mean, Kirkman has said right that it's sort of like he's changing things around a little bit, sort of retooling it a bit because uh, it's been a long time since he wrote the comic version of this story. So it's kind of it's kind of a different take, you know. It's a retelling sim- similar. In, in his opinion, it's in his opinion, it's like a, a better version of the story, right? Because like, okay, he yeah. think because. At least the way he's treating it is that he thinks he's going back and doing things better with the knowledge he has now. Which is a dangerous game to play, frankly, but yeah, sure. For sure, for sure. But I was never expecting a one-to-one. I wouldn't want a one-to-one. No. No. Um, Particularly getting into spoiler territory, ending the first episode with um, Omni-Man going evil Superman on the uh, Justice League. That was a... that was a great way to end the first episode. That was like an iconic thing from the comics, but it doesn't happen in the comics until eight or nine issues in. And um, it's expanded in the show, which I, I am, I'm, I'm good I, with. I really appreciated that. I thought that was great. Yeah, that was, that was a cool fight. I mean, it makes sense. Well, I can't talk about too much without spoiling shit, but like, it makes sense when you consider like Omni-Man's motivations and whatnot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the Guardians of the Globe should, like, he should be more powerful than them, but they shouldn't be... They should, Push like, over. in the comic, yeah. each of them die in a single pain. Like, pretty much without having any chance to see who's fighting them, you know? Yes. Yeah, which is kind of... That's kind of lame, you know? They're supposed to be, like... The, I, mean, I get it, he's Omni-Man, but also, you want to see heroes get up a little bit of a fight. And that's what they did. Yeah, and then, ultimately, sure. they got fucked up. Well, actually, not even all of them. Some of them just got one-shotted, like that still. And it was cool. Yeah. And the fact uh, that, like, the, you know, commenting on the expansion of that scene... There's a lot of s- s- parts of the story that feel decompressed in a way, you know? I feel like that's the approach they're going for, is that like, they're not afraid to get more into detail with uh, yeah. expanding stuff. The in-between, stuff we didn't see on panel in the comics. Um, right, like and, and at Mark the same practicing time... practicing with his dad and uh, having conversation with his mom and more stuff with Omni-Man himself. That's good stuff. Right. I, I think... Um, I, and I... I was going to say at the same time they're they're not doing everything from the comics. They're picking and choosing, um, mm-hmm. and so far at least I think they've been making smart curation choices. You know, like it makes sense. Let's let's cut out this uh, plot line with um, the students getting bombs on their chest, okay. and instead focus on like Mark's you know development. Yes. Do you guys have a favorite scene through the three three episodes? Or anything that stood out to you, or you know, whatever. Um, that's a good question. I mean, the me for the easy flax fa- and invasion. I thought it was just funny. <laughs> the, the whole the whole episode. <laughs> the flax and invasion was great. Yeah, it's kept coming uh, back. Oh yes, actually, that I'm I'm glad you said that. Um, the the first the end of the first episode was great, but the real standout scene that like made me go wow was at the end of the flax and invasion when Omni Man just goes in and. Uh, genocides oh, yeah, the entire planet. Um, you actually don't see that in the comic, right? Um, in the comic, you see him get back. Omni Man, <laughs> right? In the comic, Omni Man comes back, and I think there's a dinner scene where Mark asks what happened, and Omni Man's like, "Oh, well, you know, I introduced democracy to them, and uh, uh, I helped them rebuild and everything, and taught them they didn't need to do." You know, I, I'm pretty sure he justifies it 
um, and, and a total lie, but <laughs> we see Omni-Man do the thing, and it's really cool. I mean, that was a great scene. Yeah, that was, that was sick. I, I think it's lot. funny. I, 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 we heard this was for, like, for some legal reason, right? That's what they said, but uh, I think it's funny that they changed Science Dog to Seance Dog. <laughs> I think that's great. I mean, they're going... I mean, I love Science Dog, but I love that they're going for like a rip-off Doctor Strange dog. I mean, that yeah. was that was so funny to me. I did not know that or remember that character, but that's hilarious. Yep. That yeah, the the comic book that Mark is a huge fan of in the store in the comics is Science Dog. And the show we see posters for Seance Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a pretty good one. Is Science Dog a like another one of Kirkman's like off comics? Why they couldn't? No, use it, actually, or? yeah. Well, I, not it really, is another not comic as much series. Well, that is why that is why well that is what Kirkman said actually is that it's another property and they wanted to do something different uh, to leave the door open for doing something with that property later on potentially. That's why I was oh, confused. No. Does, does Science, Science Dog actually have real coming? comics, or is it I like a backup in some other comic? I, I I forget the nature. I of feel like based stuff. on the way Kirkman was saying it, I think it has. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. It, I think I think I think it's an image comic. That's you know what I mean. I think it, it confused me. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Because if it was just in that, I wouldn't feel like couldn't reuse it. But yeah, if it was like another comic, it made more sense. But either way, it's, and still, I, it's pretty and, funny. And I think Kirkman could have used it. Like right, right, I think but he yeah, owns it further down the he line. Just, he just know. chose not to. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, uh, for you two who haven't seen it, uh, I, would, I mean, I would recommend it. That's pretty sweet. What is it on? Is it on Amazon? What is it on Amazon? It's on Amazon. Amazon, yeah. On Amazon, uh, yeah, the episodes you... are long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's very violent. Forty minute, forty five minute animated television from the West. It's it's really unique and cool. Yeah, that's my, that. my thing. I'll be I'll be watching it. Yeah, same. So you're saying Amazon has the two best uh, superhero properties now? <laughs> definitely has yeah. the two. Definitely Bezos has the two like best superheroes. E- definitely has the two best evil Superman. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. Yes. Are we going to talk about any negatives? Because there are some negatives. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we should. I, I was going to get around to saying. Um, I was going around to saying I hate hate Jason Monsukis's Rexplode. Yes, uh, the yeah. worst. Very very, very hammy. It is the worst part of this show for me. I I, I don't like cring- it. It was cringeworthy at times. And overall, some of the voices don't really seem to fit. Like uh, there's definitely some Donald's. casting misses. Yeah. yeah, it's not the not the, even the actors, but like that the fact that they were cast for that those roles, you know. Yeah, you uh, can tell they really wanted a star-studded cast, and they could have. I might like, yeah. I mean, Cecil, you especially if you read the comics, but I mean, even just the way he looks, he's like a 65, 70 year old man, but he sounds like he's like half that age. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fuck that I, guy. I wasn't too happy with the fact that Invincible struggles a lot more with his powers and, and like being a hero, because he it the amount to which they uh, have him struggle makes him seem kind of incompetent. Whereas I feel like the point in the comics was that he wasn't perfect for sure, but like uh, certainly not right away. But he he wasn't incompetent 
uh, and he and he could do like heroics at the beginning, and that was kind of the point. He was he was a fairly normal like Superboy or or Spider Man type character, but in a different kind of world that didn't uh <laughs> didn't uh wasn't wasn't conducive to his sort of uh, outlook on things. You know, like like in a normal superhero world in the comics, being a a, a new Superboy would be like great. Because you're just sure. getting into it and everything is going to work out okay. But in the Invincible universe, things are more complex. And uh, I, I guess, characters are like real people, <laughs> more so. I guess that didn't bother me so much. I'm, I'm kind of willing to see where that goes. And I'm sure they're going to... They really, really hand that up this this season or if they make it have a... Or, or if they make it feel like it has a good payoff, you know. I'm sure it's not going to last much longer. But like, it's yeah. just the first three episodes had him being like that the whole time. I feel right. like some of it was to, like get some extra time for some training scenes. Yes. Uh, and also, yeah, I don't know, maybe to make them more relatable. I think that's what it comes down to. And uh, I don't know if they needed to do that, but I can see yeah. why they did. Yeah. As I said, I like the the expanded stuff with like him training. I think that makes him relatable enough to me. Um. I'm excited for episode four. Yeah. Um, yeah, when do they come out? Like every what? Uh, Friday. Yeah. Friday. Flash, did you have any on. other? I think we already actually already kind of covered my major gripes just there. But do you have anything else? Um, as Brendan pointed out, why is that Flaxen dude still alive? Yeah, they <laughs> dude. They so that's new to the show, but they've made like a central of man. They made like a central Flaxen villain that uh, <laughs> kept coming back across hundreds of years of the Flaxen uh, lifespan. More than that. Really. I thought that was supposed to be more like a gag bit than anything. Uh, I, know, I thought it was hilarious. Sure. Uh, no, I I, I thought it was I thought it was funny. It, it it was just nonsense, you know. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Though. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's, there's some minor changes that are like, yeah, but. I, I can like look past a lot of stuff because overall yeah. it's doing a pretty good job. Um, I, I did like some of the, well, I was gonna say I like some of the new characterization, but um, I like Shrinking Ray's new design. Or, I don't know. Oh, he became a she. Yeah. <laughs> he became a she, but like for some reason that feels better. I don't know why. I mean, it puts the, another the cop- woman on the team. Yeah, there's that. They no, they did change around anyway. care somewhat. Uh, oh, the new Justice League sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, the the new new one. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they have done some like character changes, redesigns, stuff like that. Um, I was I was losing my shit at Martian Man being redesigned, <laughs> but then uh, someone pointed out that like maybe it's because the the flactions look kind of kind of similar. And they didn't want to. I mean, they're the, they're the same color, and they're kind of yeah, much like... green. And when I say I was losing my shit, I'm I'm being facetious. I don't really care that right, much. Right, of course. That they completely redesigned him. Only a him, character. Only him. Uh, Amber Bennett went from being a blonde girl to being a black girl. Yeah, um, yeah. Little things Rexplode like is now brown skinned. That kind right, of stuff. Right. Um. And you know, overall, like this this is really not a negative. This is like a, a neutral for me. So Corey Walker seems to looks to have been heavily involved behind the scenes in the show's design. Um like he's 
he's like an executive producer and lead design guy, right? I think the uh-huh. credit said. So while he did co-create Invincible, I would argue strongly that Ryan Otley was the artist who defined Invincible. Uh, I mean, to give to I give you that- a comparison, Corey Walker penciled something like twenty plus issues of the comics with like gaps of years uh went by with with him not on the book whereas Ryan Otley penciled something like 120 plus 120 plus 120 plus so it's not close and but, but personal preference credit, but I much prefer the way Otley draws the book but but to his credit I think that the show looks more like the how the comic did towards the end of the run than it does towards the beginning yeah I mean I I think I think Corey Walker I I don't know. I don't I don't want to say things I don't mean, but like when Cory Walker came back on the book in later years, it was always kind of lame <laughs> looking. I, I in get my you. opinion. Um, not seriously, nothing against Cory Walker's art, but like compared to Ryan Otley's art on Invincible, there I don't think there's any comparison with how with how iconic Otley makes Invincible look. Sure, the, the, I mean, the comic, not the character. Uh, but but Walker's the one doing the design for the show, so it looks kind of more like his art, um, which I don't think is a bad thing because the show looks good. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like that is the the state of things. Yeah, doesn't look like early art. Sure, uh, I didn't notice that at all, and I I don't really care about that, but. Um, I understand what you're saying. All right, that's all I got on Invincible. John Files, anything else? No. Uh, You know, I throw some thumbs up. Yeah, two thumbs up for sure. Check it out. I'm excited to watch it. What the hell's going on with Damien Darkblood? (laughs) What are they doing with that character? It's so weird. Anyway. Like you said, man, they got the voice actor. They got to use him. Yeah, yeah, Clancy Brown. He's in, he's in the booth, like, just waiting for more lines to be fed to him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That maybe uh, maybe there's some changes coming soon. I don't know. It's possible. Let's move into the round table. Uh, Flask, what have you been doing other than Invincible and whatever else we talked about already the last couple of weeks? You want to put me first after I've been ranting about Invincible? <laughs> Uh, that's probably actually a good call. Greg, you haven't talked, you haven't had much of a chance to talk at all. What have you been doing? Well, <clears throat> thanks for having me on, by the way. Uh, oh, you're welcome. Besides, you know, It Takes Two, which we're going to talk about later. Uh, I've been watching more 90 Day Fiance with, uh, with <laughs> Brendan. Here we go. Now, I'm going to go over hey, give us a highlight. this very quick. So there's a lot of people, and I hate a lot of these people. They're fucking stupid. So, <clears throat> the first person people on the list, Chantel and Pedro. Uh, she told his pa- her parents that he was just a student. And then she waited until, like, the week of the- him having to have the wedding. He meets the brother at one point, like, yeah, I don't trust you. Chantel, you really should tell. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I, I've, I've been lying to him for so. Long. So they're crazy. Uh, Chantel and Pedro are still together at this moment. 
interesting. Good for them. I'm glad. Good for them. Love <laughs> conquers all. That's what that they say. Fuck. Uh, I'm no. seeing reports that right now they're playing It Takes Two. George and Anfisa? Anfisa is a gold digger, basically. And she piss- he pisses her off at some point, and she just deletes his phone while he's using it. Wait, what do you mean she deletes his phone? Yeah. She, oh, I guess, went on to his, like, Apple uh, account and just reset uh... his phone. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant, like, the physical phone. Like, she pulled some magician trick and was like... So, gone, hold, hold on, dude, hold on, because this shit gets crazier. I canceled your trip to Russia. Uh, don't even bother. She changed the password to his actual email. I hate two-factor. Fuck that. Don't have some small brain password. It was probably a password or, or it was her name or something stupid. I'm going to hack your account right now, John. Do it, do it. I dare you. No, stop all my stuff. It's going. I'm coming to the U.S. and she just, I guess, packed her bags and went over there and like tried to surprise him or something like that. I don't know. Oh, what the fuck did he make? These you bags that these bags for your weed that uh like prevent UV lights from coming through it or something like that. But he makes uh six figures because of that. You don't want the sun ruining your weed, I guess. There's no like prize in the show. There's no like it's not like a competition, no. right? No, it's not a competition. Okay. The prize is love, Vito. I, I'm willing to bet that behind the scenes, though, like they got like their wedding paid for or something. Like they're they're I, they're making money. Oh, I'm I'm sure they're getting paid. Yeah, but, I'm sure uh, well, they got to be getting paid. But I was just curious. I was gonna ask Greg if if he would go on the show. I mean, if I was dating someone from another country and or was being scammed, I'm sure I'd go on it. Uh, after the ending of season four. George ran into some serious trouble, and he went to two-year prison. Uh, what kind of trouble, dude? He was found with 300 pounds of marijuana in his car. What the fuck? That's illegal? Uh, honestly, though, two years for 300 pounds dude, that's is not bad. I can't even imagine 300 pounds. I really cannot. Insane. I don't know what that would look like. Well, good news, in prison, though. He lost more than a hundred pounds. He was a bit, he was a bit of a hefty boy. Yeah, but he lost more than a hundred pounds while in jail. That's that's seeing the best in a worse situation. Uh, you know? The sad make, news. Make the good, oh, hold on. Is joined like a white supremacy gang. The, and a bunch of tattoos. <laughs> the weight loss drove a wedge between him and Anfisa. Oh, that ha- that happens after, all the time, dude. After three years of marriage, the divorce was finalized in August. A uh, Allah's from the Ukraine. Matt is from Bumblefuck Nowhere, I think. Uh, Matt has horrible friends. These people look semi- I just want to say, these people look semi-normal. I always imagine <laughs> people that look like circus folk. Well, there's really circus right. folk but They, look, they look like almost normal, though. My first reaction was like... Well, yeah, there's a little something off. That guy's smiling. I mean, this is right. off a little bit, because... If I doesn't know how to smile... This is George and Anfisa. Well, that's what I expect George to look like. <laughs> yeah. As of right now, they're both good. And, um, they just had, like, their kid. Uh, Narkia and Oloo. Loo, as he's called, has been lying to this woman a bunch of times. She told him she was, he was a Nigerian prince, that he was a widower, his wife was dead. Which then, she found- Nigerian prince gag, She she believed that, huh? Yes, but- And then she went on social media and found a woman with her son, or the guy's son. And it turns out, like, the wife was never dead, and he's like, what the- I believe she has a kid with him now. The real thing is that if you have a kid, your relationship cannot fail. And if your relationship's in a rocky spot, you should have a kid. Have and that kid. way you, you just have lock one, have that another in. one. Yeah. You have two? 
three. The kid, the kid solves the problem. The kid fixes the relationship. The problem. Now, Azan is from Morocco, and Nicole is from, uh, I believe, Georgia, I want to say? I guess there's, like, a rule in Morocco you can't, like, be showing, like, super public, like, affection or something. If you're not married, you're not supposed to share a room with, like, the dude. And they shared a room. The next morning, like, ten cops show up. Azan told me to just, uh, to pack my bag and get ready to go. And every time they show Azan, he's, like, panicking. He's like, oh, my God. Turns out they're there for the owner. Like, all these cops are there because the owner did something, like, fucked up, apparently. She keeps trying to be, like, really, like, affectionate with him. Like, trying to kiss him and, like, he's hug on him. not to go to jail. And he's just trying to, like, babe, <laughs> like, babe, stop. I don't care about you. You don't care about my culture. I, I just don't care about you. But then they reconciled. And they went to the des- they went to the desert. And uh, she almost died in the desert. He proposed to her in the desert, though. I watched her trying to climb up a hill while Hassan just called her lazy the whole time she went up the hill. I guess she went down to Morocco to visit uh, right when uh, COVID started. And she was only supposed to be down there for, like, I think a month. And she's been down there for a while. Oh, she also had a kid. She also has a kid from, like, pre... Oh, fuck, dude. All right, my bad. So, I missed a few things. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about it, you know, when I cheated on you. And he was like, yeah, that's really fucked up. You don't do that. I think they're in a good place right now, but honestly, who knows? Hey, Greg, everything you're saying sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, listen. You played... Play any video games or anything? Or like- uh, <laughs> do you want me to play? Talk about video. I went. I've been going on for a while, man. I mean, if you gave me I've. Uh, any, I, I just want to say right now. I just want to say right now that that's the end of ninety day talk on the pod. <laughs> Why do you not like ninety day? I do. I think it feels like a good like twenty minutes. Yeah, that's twice the end. It feels good twenty I'm, minutes. I'm, right. I'm trying to cut it down. I, I hate reality I shows I so much. Going. I could have kept going. <laughs> Alright, I'll stop with that. Um, video game-wise, I've been playing Yakuza 5. That's a fun game. It's uh, I've done about 8 different jobs, and I've been playing the game for like 20 hours. It's a very fun game. They play uh, the second game pass? Yeah, you go. If 6 came out of the game pass as well. Yeah, so now 6 three, also four, came five, out. Yeah. They're all out. They're all out on the computer. It's pretty great. Uh, other than that, I played. Me and we played. It takes two. Eh, it takes two. But we're gonna talk about that in another pod. Uh, that's all I got. All right, well, let's go ahead and head to a break. You guys want to hear something funny? Yeah. All right. Uh, so you know that ship uh, that got stuck in the canal? Uh, yeah. Ever, ever given. Yeah. yeah evergreen. evergreen. Yeah. Uh, you know what was on one of those containers? Anime. Uh, it was my it was my Nemesis board game, my Nemesis Lockdown board. Are game. you oh, serious? Oh, nice, dude. Yep. Play mine too, then. Yeah. <laughs> Did they email you about that? Did they yep. say like, uh, they uh, email me so United States uh, nine containers were uh, apparently were on that ship, and I guess game board board games were on it. And one of them was your Nemesis. That's hilarious. Let me tell you, I've never done a um. Kickstarter or whatever, they email me so fucking often with updates, it's insane. I mean, which is a good thing, that's what you want to hear, but like, I know everything about that fucking, I, I don't even look at him at this point, I just fucking 
Fucking... We didn't even play oh, it. I'm sorry. It was blocked because of that shit. Not it was uh, on that shit. Oh, I'm it was sorry. One of the 300 that makes more sense. They were yeah, they were showing it all. They get, they were uh, talking about it was refloated, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And and recently there was a ship. I think wasn't it? <laughs> there was a ship that sank. And there was all these boxes of cargo flooding, uh, floating oh, around. Oh, the one filled with all the Dragon Goku's. Ball stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it was a. Uh, Goku, get was, out of the water! What are you doing? I, I think it was Crunchyroll that it happened to. Like one of their fucking <laughs> ships, uh, cargo containers fell over. Yeah. They were like, "Hey, we had to cancel a bunch of orders." There's a, a literally a cargo container full of a. Uh, Goku just uh, floating gotta, to, at the bottom of the ocean. New, we got a floating garbage island, but it's going to be all Goku statues. Held up. No, no, the no, the, no. the Look, supports I, I, for an artificial island are Goku. Look, I got the inflatable kayak, all right? We can get Dude, together. We can find. Imagine it. we find a whole fucking pallet of that. That's a container. <laughs> a cargo container is probably surrounded by, like, sharks or. You know, yeah, something else. It'll be worth no, it. No risk, no reward. Yeah, what Goku I don't, do? Think about what that, Goku do. When that same blood flowing through me. Goku would say where there's a will, there's a way. He would never say that, but he would also <laughs> still go for it. He told it. he said it multiple times. In fact, he <laughs> said, it says it all the time. It's like, it's yeah. Okay. Right before he does come in, May, he always says that. <laughs> there's a will, there's a way. Every time he murders. <laughs> all right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're gonna head into my round table, and then we're just gonna leave it because I got nothing to talk about other than the stuff we talked about at the top and the It Takes Two pod coming up. So let's go ahead and move on over to John. What are you been doing? Hey, hey bing, 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 Wait, bing, what? Bing, what was the nature of here? John, 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 John. I took his chair. This is the nature. <laughs> uh, let's start off with something that we can all talk about. All Guys Season 4 has arrived. Yes. Non-stop gaming action, seven new levels, dozens of new skins, Hell yeah. an unheard number of faceplates. What do you guys think so far? I haven't even heard of that many. Yeah. Um, yeah, me neither. It's pretty fun. I, I reinstalled Fall Guys and got on it just to buy a skin. And then I proceeded oh, yeah. to get off, and I haven't touched it since. Which which uh, you know, which VTuber was it? Oh yeah, wait, 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 wait you can go. What happened? Which, which, which VTuber was it? Oh, it was uh, what the fuck's her name? Uh, Kazuna I. Kazuna, right? Kazuna, yeah. I don't think Greg's not a gamer. <laughs> I'm not a. I am. I am definitely full segment not a gamer. Talking about a TV show, talks about downloading the game just for the skin and, and deleting it. I oh, know, Fortnite? Guys. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, I was talking about Fall Guys. but th Oh, that I, didn't delete, I didn't delete Fall Guys. Oh, uh, we should got Fall, Fall guys. guys. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, anyone else? I like, I like the new levels. I like the uh, I like the theme. I like the, the gravity gravity things. Um, yes. I like squad. I like squads mode. Squads mode was fucking awesome. I guess it's I, not there anymore. Well, I think Maybe it is come still back, there but... for a few more days, but it's only like two more days or something okay. and then and then you're going to reassess. Squad mode was great. I do like it. I liked it. I get to actually play. You know, what? that was probably the one thing that honestly was keeping me from playing that game more uh more with you guys was that you know, you get eliminated and then I just kind of watch you guys, um which is fun. 
but it's not playing the game yeah and it's such a fun game to play you know you just want to play it you don't want to watch yeah i agree Um, so yeah broad mode helps that you know not you know not to mention you guys like probably two of the best fall guys players in the entire universe you know carrying you so yep i'm here flask and andy (laughs) yes editor's note as producer i am legally obligated to inform you that Our Fall Guys player rankings are classified at this time. The statements made in this podcast are satirical and do not accurately reflect our skill levels. Also, as Flask, I am obligated to inform you that I was distracted during this moment of the recording, and my affirmation of yes refers only to my own self-evident skill level. I do not know Andy's skill level, as I purposefully look away from his gameplay anytime it comes up on my screen. And, um... You know, you get you get pieces of a crown when you win a squads match, and at first I was like, ah, oh, it's a bummer, I want, like, a full crown. But you know what? Like, honestly, I was making crowns faster than I would have by myself. <laughs> we were winning. We, we, did were winning. Win. We, did, we did win one... And then we came in finals at least like what three times, four times. Yeah, Spir- spiritually though, I think we won every game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I think for now at least, and this probably will change, but like I feel like that game with its massive audience, um, I feel like if you're a team that's got headsets that talk, that's talking to each other in squads mode, you're just gonna fucking steamroll people. <laughs> that is certainly yeah. an advantage. Yeah. Yeah, they cannot compete. And especially when you're you're uh you Hardened know sharing gaming spiritual energy like with each other. Yeah. That's yeah, but like when you're in squads mode, you're you're you know you're gonna get a group of four. So you're probably more likely to go into it if you have friends. And so like, you know, they have that option too to For sure. if they want. Yeah, I guess you're right. But do they have three other friends? <laughs> <That'll be. laughs> Who does yeah, these? Yeah, I, I don't know. I know, right? Yeah, it's a lot of friends to have. I will say that uh, the one I do dread getting from this new assortment of levels is uh, God, oh my god, power 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 play? Power play? Is it called power play? Oh, the battery one. I think a Mario Party type Power trip. It's called power Power trip. trip. That's what it's called. Mario Party, yeah. uh, Mario Party type game where you hold the battery and you step on a tile, and as you step on it, it changes to your team's color, and it's just two teams fighting who see as most tiles. That oh, is the new one where I groan when hyper it comes hyper up. yeah team dependent. Like I mean, you it's just not possible to like hold one out for your team if your other teams are idiots. You know, like if you have two people with your batteries and they're running on the same spaces, you know, it's. Uh, you're you're done for. You need everyone working yeah. their batteries. The other team is right, right. Yeah, uh, I, I mean it's still a fun either. game overall for squads. I think that would be like great. I think we might have played that one in one of the squads and we won, but uh, maybe we didn't. I don't know. Either I think way, we lost several times. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think we did when we, but not in squad mode, right? I thought <laughs> oh, we were maybe. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, super team dependent. And I could see it really like a new tail tag, like yeah. ah, this one again. All right, hold on. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna yell out the uh, the new levels 
If you got something to say about it, say, you know, say, or we could skip it. Because honestly, I, I think some of these I haven't played. Some of these I just don't remember by the name. We got Basketball. Good one. It's oh. Basketball. Yeah, it's got that the one's... G. It's a new sports uh, one. Yeah, that one can get a little, a little wonky for me, but that's probably just me more so. Uh, we got Skyline Stumble. Which one's that? That's, that's got to be like a, a obstacle course or something, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one with the yeah. It's, it's a, well, it's a, yeah. It's a race slash obstacle course where you like jump on the buttons and it puts up the laser shields and then you get oh, past yes. that and slide down. And at the very end, the bumpers there and they sling you up. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. Is uh, good. I like those laser laser shields. You can block people out. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's a fun way to, you know, mess with your opponents by not grabbing them. You know, there's other ways to do it now. We got Short Circuit. What, what short Circuit, yeah. Short Circuit. Uh, this is, oh, uh, the, this two is laps. the circuit. Yeah, it's yep, a yep. lap. I like that. It's two laps. It's pretty neat. I wish, and I don't, well, yeah, they can't do it, I guess. I say I wish the second lap, maybe they could. Yeah, I wish the second lap was different than the first. Like, maybe you went up. And there was like a different course above. Oh, that would that would be neat. Yeah, yeah. Like a different I level. do. I do think it's a cool concept, but I, I'm not a fan of playing the course twice. The, the idea of laps, though, is cool. Yeah, I'm okay with like that. It. I think I found that on that one. Like, if you fuck up even a little bit, you're in you're in grave danger. Well, well that's the yeah, thing. and I think that I, that's what I'm saying. I think it's just I think it's too easy. You know what I mean? Well, for me, yeah. it's like if you fuck up in the first lap, the second lap gives you a chance to. Uh, recover to like mid up to to if you but, if you do the first lap poorly and then do the second lap really well it brings you back up to the, might to the front of the to, line. Okay. Yeah, yeah the eh. two laps definitely cool. I just don't like the same course, I guess. And I do wish it was a little bit harder. I feel like that one especially is easy. Yeah, I'll push back a little bit a little bit against what you said Flask. I think if you do poorly in the first one, you're 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 probably going to lose. Maybe it's just for me then. Maybe just just because just because the get the map is so easy. I've had like I made some minor mistakes in the first lap, and then still like didn't make it to the finish line just because everybody else crossed it first. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll agree with Andy uh, there too. You fuck up you know, in the beginning, you're you're too far in the back of the pack. You're, you're well, then I think I think this must be just a subjective experience because I've definitely had it. Yeah, my it might way. be. Yeah, I'm more with the Flask crowd on this. You know, I think it's just a different plateau of character, you know. It's just enough <laughs> to do different enough. things. Interesting. We're going to skip to the next yeah, one. Yeah, what's the next one? Hoverboard Heroes. Uh, this one's cool. It's one where you're, like, floating around a lot, I think, right? Well, no, no, no. no. So this is one where you are on, everyone's on a giant hoverboard that is moving forward, and you're standing on it. And there's just like a like you know obstacles in front of you, and you have to get around them, or you're going to get pushed off the board into the slime. Ah, uh, you know what? I haven't played this one. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's a good. cool one. I like this one. It, it's it's the, the hoverboard segments it. themselves are not difficult, but then there are some parts where you have to jump onto platforms as the hoverboard moves below, and those parts can get pretty tricky, actually. Yeah, you're trying to like keep the hoverboard below you in case maybe you fall off, and sometimes it's not possible. Especially with mm. jostling you, it's it can get tough. Yeah. For the audience, I want to say I have mastered the flippers on both sides, done it multiple <laughs> times. Took me a while, yes. died many times, but I can do it now. Very nice, my friend. Very I haven't nice. seen it I, personally, right? But, you know, I I believe him. Thanks, thanks. We got um, uh, big shots. What? It's called big shots. You know, big shots. I don't know if I played that one. 
Why do I? I know. I I know. I is that the one shots. where you're on the seesaw? Because that one sucks. No, no. Wait. Oh yeah, it is. No, because there's Avoid cannons. Avoid getting knocked into the slime and watch out for those cannons. Yeah, that one sucks. You're on like just it's one, you know, like one seesaw, lame. like big platform, and then there's like three cannons that just shoot stuff at you. Yeah, In I literally do not remember yeah. the name of that because th- I guess the cannons are the main factor there, but th- it's on a seesaw. <laughs> also, right. and then the um, last one is a uh, uh, roll on, which is it's good obstacle course roll out. Pretty easy. Right. It's like in the theme of. uh... Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm mistaken. Yeah, okay. It's like it looks like the season one level, which is weird. Yeah, no, I I am right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's the the same theme as season one, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they didn't slap the future theme on that one. That's kind of weird. Maybe it was easier just to. I don't don't think it would be hard. I don't know. I really don't know why they did it. Yeah, they had. Yeah, I mean, it, it is weird to like release a level as part of like a theme update, but this level for some reason isn't that theme. I mean, not that it ruined my experience. It was just I noticed it. Uh, no, I, I didn't actually even think about that until you just pointed it out, but I'm going like, huh, now. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe it was just one they were working on earlier and they were just like, here's a freebie. Yeah. Hmm. All right, uh, well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, so yeah, I'm, I've am i uh, we've all played a little bit. Uh, I'm digging it. I like it a lot. I think I'm like playing uh, the main show only. I feel like it's gotten to a good point where I'm not getting the same games over and over like at all. It's always, oh, sure. you know, every game I'm playing something new. Like they're at a good point in levels. Each season it. is actually better than the last so far. Yeah. Well, uh, they got bought yeah. by Epic, so who knows? Even with these next seasons, are going to be. I'm sure they're going to ramp it up even more. Yeah, I mean, I love Fall Guys. I, I I would love to see if Fall Guys get a little bit of the the Fortnite treatment. You know what I mean? I want my Gears of War skins. Oh hell yeah! My, my Travis Scott concert. You know you're getting that. They're gonna when add does a my Among Us games come out? There is an Among Us. Oh my game. god! They're gonna add a karaoke mini game that like revolves around the uh, revolves around some live concert. All right, John. Well, what else you got other than uh, Fall Guys? That's it. All right. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, uh, nice. maybe a little uh, long-awaited project. I know you've all been banging at my door. John, is it out? Yeah, John, John, when's it out? When's it out? John, John, John. Binding of Isaac Repentance came out. What's that? Uh, Literally, what is that? Yesterday, the final, supposedly, final DLC to Binding of Isaac. And uh, it's pretty good so far. How many hours are you on that? Well, this is... Part of Binding of Isaac Rebirth. It's just oh, an expansion. It's just an expansion. It's not like, uh, what the fuck was it? Like Afterbirth and regular version of it? Well, Afterbirth was also an expansion. There's there's only been Binding of Isaac and Binding of Isaac Rebirth. All the other things oh. just fall under, uh, like DLCs or whatever. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. But they're big DLCs. I played a, I don't know, a handful of games, maybe like three or four. Uh, I'm digging it. There's a lot of, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of rebalancing. Um, you know, as somebody who, you know, has over like a thousand hours has played it, my favorite bit of rebalancing is like, you know, it's like playing so much, like you'll see enemies like any floor really. And I'm like, I know exactly how like fast that enemy can shoot and how like, you know, often it's them. just muscle memory. Right. You know, it's like I can dodge him. I can just whatever. But like for many of the enemies, they've increased either like their shot speed or their shot rate 
or even like the angle of it so you know all the old tactics you know i've been using is just completely you know play a lot more defensively it's just uh yeah, it makes the game fresh again you know that's nice but other but they have i mean this is a new dlc they've added new shit yeah new enemies new abilities new uh level what's what's the deal what's so what's so new about it no i don't think they added anything are you serious no, I think it was just like a support that developer like DLC. Are you fucking with me? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, 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 okay. Uh, they did like a so I know they did like a full rework of like all the items. Like, even like you know, there's so many worthless items in that game. Um, I'm looking through exactly. I know they have a full breakdown of what the game has now. Uh, let's see. Alright, the, 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 here, let's just bring in the full Isaac package, and then you could probably say maybe Repentance added like a third of this. So Isaac now has 22,000 rooms, 716 items, 634 achievements, 188 trinkets, which are like, um, I don't know, like runes that like change your character, but they're not items, they're just like passive things. Uh, 322 enemies, 103 bosses, 94 music tracks. 17 playable characters and 44 challenges which are like alternate ways to like play the game they get like different rules wow <clears throat> i did not realize i did not realize how expansive this was i'm looking at a list of features just for this or i mean it's absolutely huge like i mean obviously they hype up I'm everything i'm seeing 25 bosses 5000 rooms 100 enemies yeah, yeah, like I said, they've they've done some interviews and basically said this is like the closest you're going to get to the Binding of Isaac 2 is just like right here in this DLC. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and, and along with that, you know, a visual upgrades and a whole bunch of new sound effects and all the little, you know, funny stuff like that. Uh, it, a little background, this actually started as a, just a workshop DLC called Anti-Birth um, when oh, the yeah. workshop stuff came out. And it was just so cool. They decided to work with those developers. And this was like back in 2018, they announced this. And they've just been working away on it. I did not oh, know this was that. Neat. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good one. So I've been I'm playing a little bit of that. I'll probably do that. Well, actually, maybe if we play it, it takes two, I won't. But nah, I'll probably just hop on that after this. No, we have to beat it. Takes two tonight. All right, well, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll do that. I did say you guys wouldn't, so. Right, right. All right, well, you know, I did other stuff, though. Um, we'll break it up into some, some some viewing pleasure. I watched the episode two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Ah, uh, yes. And I liked this one. Not that it was great, but I just liked it much better than the, the first episode. Sure. Uh, we didn't, uh, we didn't talk about the show at all in the podcast yet, I don't think. We didn't, it was two weeks. I think oh, I wait, did. no, we sorry, sorry. It. You did, but I had not yeah. yet watched it. Sorry. I really didn't like the first episode. I thought it was doo-doo. Thumbs down. Um, but yeah, the second episode I thought was good. I mean, I'm still going to watch it, even if it was shit. Uh, but at least made me, I guess, uh, want to watch episode three, which will be tomorrow. Yeah. Um, honestly, you know, I didn't mind the subject matter of, of episode one, but I agree with you that it, its handling was very, very odd. <laughs> uh, not so not that skillful. Um, but I, I do like the second one better, especially because, like, now we're actually getting the dynamic between the two characters, whereas the first episode did not have that. Although I liked, yeah. I liked Bucky's yeah. stuff in the first episode. You know, like I, I thought that was fine. I um, liked a little bit of it. I, I don't I, mind it. 
Yeah, I, 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 well, I don't know if we talked about it, but the whole thought, he made a joke, the girl was like, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 106 years old. And he looks at the screen and she just laughs and says nothing. Like, what, what was that? It was just weird. Nobody... Uh, I mean, they do that kind of joke all the time when somebody's old and, and stuff. It's not that There's well It's not that questions. well delivered. Not even a little bit. Um, uh, I like the new Captain America. Yeah, it's funny. At not the, that I at, want him to be Captain America, but yeah, I like the role he's playing. I think he's doing I well. I did not recognize the actor in the first episode. Me neither. I didn't mask, even recognize him in the second, second episode, one. I was like, oh, yeah. That's, uh, Danny uh, had to tell Russell. me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like him. I like the character he's playing. I don't know. I mean, I, I read a little bit about who he is in the comics or who mm. he's, I guess he's supposed to be. Yeah, I never um, read any comics with, with that character, but, like, I know what his deal is. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like they're going for... they're they're. I feel like you can't do that character in this kind of show the way they did it in the comic. I feel like you'd have to make him more nuanced, which he looks like he's going to be more nuanced than this. Yeah, which I appreciate. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely uh, better than first episode. Hopefully, not as good as the third episode. I've been scrolling Wait, through the Steam reviews for um, Finding Isaac Repentance, and there's like a war happening in the reviews. Re- reviews are very positive. First of all, let me say that. But there are like there's like a novel length bad review that talks about how bad the balancing is and all the bad reviews are basically saying the game is too hard and all the good reviews are saying, Don't listen to them, the game is hard in a good way. Dude, it <laughs> is I mean it is hard. Like i you know, like I said, as a person who has a thousand hours, you know, I've gone yeah, before, like I said, I've you know, muscle memory. I could pretty much play this game while like looking I could play this this is the game I play when I'm watching anime and I'm like trying to like actually read the subtitles, like I'll be able to look over. Yeah, and in this, I mean, I I died in my first few runs. Like, it's definitely harder, but like, I I really do feel like it's harder in a good way. Like, yes, yes, right, right, the right, dubs, right. man. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> well, that's so. I, I actually I would, but the show didn't have any dub. Um. Yeah, but that's what funny, did you though. just say, Jonathan? No, no, Not nothing. on my watch. Uh, what else you got, John? Uh, I picked up. I don't think I've even talked about this a little bit. You guys, uh, I don't know if any of you guys play this game. I, I picked you up Evil Genius 2, World Domination. Oh, oh cool. Uh, I didn't play How the original. I wanted to get it. I, I mean, I, I played, oh, I've played five hours, much more than I thought. Uh, I played five hours, and I think I'm still in the tutorial. I have been going pretty slow, then I was doing other stuff. Uh, I didn't play the original, so I can't compare it to that. But I'm having fun from what I'm doing so far. I mean, it's it doesn't seem like a very... I don't know. It's, it's it's not like you're you look for like a civilization or like a 4X game. It's like a much more kind of relaxed, almost silly vibe uh, of you building your. Oh, if anyone didn't know, this is like a um, simulation type game where you play a evil genius. Right now, the game has four to pick from, and it's almost Sims like when you you load in on an island that you pick, and then you start building your base. Uh, and you're obviously as a you know, evil genius, you need, like, certain things in your base, like a prison for when you capture people, and, like, you know, barracks for all your henchmen, and... Yeah, shark and, pit. Yeah, you have a shark pit. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. You'll have, like, a, a research room where you can research, like, different traps and stuff, because that's, like, the other part of the game. You know, while you're setting up your location, you have agents that, like, try and break in or whatever and, and catch your guy. And, you know, you have to almost make it, like, a... 
Well, you can play it two different ways. There's like lethal. There's like traps where just straight up murder the people trying to come in. Jeez. Or you play a non-lethal, and there's like oh, a giant like you know fucking boxing glove, and it'll knock him out, and you can like take him to the cell and interrogate him. What are you doing, John? Uh, so far, I have not. Well, no, I have killed some people, but that was their fault. Uh, oh yeah, sure. Really should have stepped in next to me. But I have all non-lethal traps, alright? They just got in some scuffles with my boys, and my boys, you know, they take it too far sometimes, you know? They play too rough! Uh, but, it, you know, it's a very thematic game, you know? Like, and it, as you have all this, you're also, you have an evil genius you can pick from, like, a main character, and they all have traits. Like, there's, uh, I don't even know the point of it. I think I missed in the tutorial. But if you click on your, your main guy, you can just go up to any henchman and execute them. And it's, it, I don't know, it just goes into the evil. Maybe it makes the other people work harder who see it. But, uh. Catch a man slacking off. You just shoot just him in the head, head and the other henchmen <laughs> come and they drag his body away and they throw it in the incinerator. That's pretty cool. That's, well, that's what you do when you have big plans for one of the, uh, the agents and then someone just pops him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, right. well, sure, you're playing too rough out there, buddy. Sorry, I have to put you down. And then in the outside of my place, I don't know if it's, you know, so I'm only doing a tutorial and I'm only doing one island, I don't know if it changes, but on the outside of my secret island, I have like a casino, and that's like there too, when it's agents first arrive, you're supposed to like, uh, you can like distract them and bring their morale down or whatever and their concentration, uh, you know, <laughs> and so if they're like weak enough or shitty enough agents, you can like distract them and like just like send them out the door before they even find your lair. That's cool. Yeah, I've been that having fun with dope. that. I've been wanting to get back into that. Um, and then I guess lastly, I definitely watch you play that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it's a fun streaming game. Although it is kind of a slow one. You gotta, you know, you got money too. That's the biggest thing. I'm just bad at getting it, but a lot of time I just gotta sit there and wait for my evil uh, schemes. I, I There's you. also a second part you. of the game. It's kind of like XCOM like, where you're looking at a big map. And that's more for just like money making. Um, there's no actual gameplay to it. It's just a lot of clicking and waiting. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. And then, um, other than that, I started a new game of Disco Elysium, the final cut. Uh-huh. Uh, I did as well. I only put, I don't know, maybe like half hour, 45 minutes into it. But I'm digging it. I'm liking the narration. I haven't seen anything t uh, new so far, I don't think. You know, besides the talkies. The, uh, the new, new stuff seemed, uh... I think they've added like a lot of words here and there, maybe, and like maybe some new lines, but not that I'm saying I've seen any, but I think it's uh, towards the back end of the right. game, to my understanding. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I played a little bit of that, so you know, I'll have news on that later. Uh, yeah. I Same mean, great thing, game, or... only made better, so you know, if, you have, if, if you're somehow some sort of small brain simpleton who has not played it yet, I don't know why or who, but uh, <clears> you know do it i'm digging the narration a lot the narrator is cool um uh the only substantial comment i could add to that i i'm only maybe just a little bit for i think you played like quite maybe an hour hour and a half at most um the kuno voice actor is different but hmm. it's fine it's not i don't think it it hits quite as good he's also fine he's he's good shit game I wonder why they couldn't get the original. <laughs> uh, I feel like they actually had a reason said somewhere. Or at least I saw somebody say something and read it. But I think it amounted to, like, uh, the guy was not willing to work during COVID, basically. 
And, and I might be wrong about that, but I f I'm like not even actually, sure it was I a do COVID remember reasons. a story like that. Or right. Or I'll, and I'm not putting it on that guy. I, I don't know his circumstances, but he was not willing to work uh, during COVID. Oh, that's too bad. I'm uh, I'm refunding my purchase of the original game on GOG right now. But, <laughs> right, uh, of course. Uh, you can still play uh, the classic mode. Uh, though, uh, from what I hear, classic mode is not actually a perfect classic mode, because I think, and this might get fixed, uh, hopefully it does, I think classic mode still has the new narrator. It's just, hmm. uh, it has all the original voice actors. Okay. Okay. And with yeah. the limited voice capacity. I reckon that's, uh, that wraps it about it a bit for me. Okay. Let's move us right on over to uh, the man himself, Flask. How you doing? I am the man myself. You got some stuff to talk about this week? Yeah. Some uh, some horror movies? No. Video games? Yeah. No. Manga? Bit. Yeah. Alright, uh, TV I shows. I keep guessing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Alright, I want to hear it in this order then. I want to hear okay. it. Video game, manga, TV show. Okay. I can do that. Um, Was that all the categories? Video, TV yes. show, manga, actually, radio play. You actually did get all the categories, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, actually, you know what's funny? I I have watched a couple of horror movies recently. I'm not going to talk about them, but I watched... Uh, Two ninety nine movies, two nineteen ninety nine movies, Virus, uh, and the remake of House on Haunted Hill. Hell suck, yeah, right? dude! That, that's why you want to watch, <laughs> or that's why you want to talk about them. They suck. I just don't have anything to say about. It. They're just two, you know, two, two movies, two two uh, ninety nine horror movies from when that type of movie was a certain type of movie was was king in the horror genre. Uh, kind of yeah, cheesy. I remember watching the. Haunted Hill 99 remake as a kid. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was right at that time. Um, and Virus takes place on a boat. It's sort of a deep rising nice. adjacent. Um, the boy got All right, but I, I didn't know, actually so ask said, you to talk you, about horror yeah, films. You said, you, said, you said video games first. Uh, well, I, I mean, mainly time taken up by, you know, It Takes Two with You. Um, and Valheim. I've been playing more Valheim recently. Uh, I also oh. started on the PS4. I started Thirteen Sentinels: A Rim, which is a. Uh, I've heard of this game. Yeah. Yeah, it's gotten a lot of buzz recently about how underrated and good it is, but everyone's saying it, so it seems kind of overrated right now. <laughs> um, it's because it's you're finding it is it's like a fine game, but. For some reason, everybody remembers that everybody said it sucked or something. It's it's hard to say right now. I haven't played enough of it. I've been kind of like procrastinating about it a little bit. I've, I've played some of it, but I don't think I played enough of it yet to like get a real good grasp that I want to say anything. I mean, I will get I will get back once I play more of it. But so far, it's not anything mind blowing, and I'm kind of wondering like when that's going to kick in. Um, it's it's a uh, Japanese like visual novel RTS mixture thing. Um, Interesting. Supposedly, it's, it has a really good story. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'll get back to you when I when I get there. Okay. Um, then uh, you said 
manga next? Manga. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have been reading Dungeon Meshi, otherwise known as Dungeon Delicious Meshi. in Dungeon. Um, I feel from, like I've heard of that. It's ongoing. It started in 2014. Um, it's, uh, it's a lighthearted adventure manga about a, a, t- a, a party of explorers who are um, trekking through this dungeon for a you know, story reason. Um, and uh, along the way, they are, because they didn't have uh, money for proper provisions from above ground, they are instead cooking and eating the monsters that they find in the dungeon along the way. And so a, a big, like the big focus of the manga is like, Dealing, fighting the monsters, killing the monsters, properly dressing the monsters, then cooking the monsters in detail, and then eating the finished meal, and kind of commenting on how that whole, like how the monster <laughs> tastes. <laughs> that's 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 cool. The loop. That's pretty um, cool. So like they have funny. different preparation methods for like different yes. monsters. Yeah. Is it like certain ones are like poisonous? You have to get rid of the yes, bars absolutely. first. And, oh, that's that's kind of neat. Yeah, and it's like you know the the main cook of the group is a dwarf who has done this for years, and so he's very experienced in in the different methods one might use to cook different monsters. But he's also you know not he hasn't been down to some of the deeper levels, so he's like figuring out new ways to cook certain monsters and like experimenting a little bit with different methods. Um, it's, and and he's he'll learn stuff like oh, so you can't you know eat this part of the monster. Uh, or uh, this this method wasn't as good as it would have been if I did it this other way, that kind of thing. Um, Does it make you hungry when you read that? Because I feel like yes. I would get hungry. Of course, they yeah. draw the uh, the the art is very good. It's a, it looks a very well. It looks very good. The, yeah. the food looks good. It doesn't look very disgusting. pleasing art, and the food is very <laughs> yeah, very attractive. Oh. Um, but yeah, I said it's lighthearted, but it it definitely takes itself seriously. While still being amusing for the most part, like the characters are funny, but the situation and the subject matter is not in any way silly. So it's like it's a serious uh, world, and they're doing serious a serious job, but they're just goofy. the characters have fun. Um, and it's it's just a very pleasant read. Like there's not there's serious stuff happens in the in the plot, but like there's not. Is not in any way gritty. <laughs> that's, I guess that's what I would put it. Uh, and it's, yeah, very enjoyable read. I'm on volume like seven of nine that are currently out. That and cool. uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good manga. Um, I agree. Lots of good reaction images. Greg saw that I was using one as a profile picture and immediately identified it, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and TV shows, I have been watching, well, I watched season one of Supernatural, uh, which is a CW show. It started on the WB, but then after season You've one, never seen the show before? I have never seen it before. It's interesting. I thought you would have watched that show. No, no, no. I've um, seen many seasons of the show. Oh, you have? Yeah, and I will tell. I, I mean, I'm finished with that. I, I probably watched like eight or nine seasons. I tell you what. Wow. I would stop after a season or two. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got fifteen what, seasons. Yeah, well, yeah. It, 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 it. 
one of the I don't know I don't watch a lot a lot of TV. One of the worst cases of this could have been really cool, but the network just had him keep doing seasons. Yeah, yeah, that I've ever seen ever. Okay, that's the kind of what I've heard. That like the first but, five or so seasons yeah, are yeah those are the show, cool. and then <laughs> yeah, then it becomes kind of a zombie. So we'll see. Yeah, I watched that a while there. ago. I did not know that. Um, kind of like a kind of like a little bit of X Files DNA, definitely, and a little bit of uh, like some X Files, some like Buffy ish almost, Buffy, with that's some the drama, yeah, absolutely. Buffy and X Files are the two main ones that came to mind. Are you um, watching that because of uh, Grimbeard's channel, or are you just actually no? It's it's funny. He is doing uh episode by episode videos on that show yeah not the reason i'm watching it i just happened to one day want a uh a sort of middle of the road like formula show that wasn't trash so uh oh, was dude, i very often i've had that feel yeah yeah something that's easy to just have on for sure that was what i was going in for with brooklyn 99 but it ended up being mm-hmm. even better than that oh yeah yeah uh, but yeah, that's exactly what it is, and it, it's it, you know it's entertaining, uh, and I like the the dynamic between the two brothers, and I feel bad that I've, I've I have heard that the dynamic changes over the seasons and becomes worse, but for right now, yeah. the writing is actually pretty pretty good for like a, a CW show in that they they have that good dynamic. They actually like jibe at each other, and like rip each other. And, um. Short hair brother, he's supposed to be in the next season of uh, The Boys, right? Oh, is he? Yeah, I think he's. Wait, playing... is he? Is he Jensen Ackles? Uh, is yeah, cause, yeah, hair? he is. Because the other one is. Uh... I gotta look. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, I believe he is playing. Uh, I don't know the name of the character. I'll look it up while you're talking. Okay. Um. He was in um. One of those Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy? Yeah. Oh. Soldier Boy. In the boys. Okay. Huh. Okay. Okay. He was in another superhero show, wasn't he? He was like uh I don't know, remember. Never mind. He was Smallville. That's what it was. He was in Smallville was he in before Smallville? Supernatural. I never call it Smallville. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah. Smallville. Fun 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 show for right now. I'm as I said, I just finished season one. And it's good to have on. It looks like if they did a multiverse um, movie of like Marvel, he'd be like a multiverse Captain America or something. <laughs> One that's slightly less good. I remember catching a little bit of Supernatural way back when and uh, catching a lot of bit of uh, Smallville, and I think I ended up liking Smallville more. More than Supernatural? Yeah. Huh. I mean, they're kind of weird shows to compare in the first place, but it's interesting. I, I, uh, I wonder what you saw of... I, I was like, as a kid, I don't have any stake in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was just... I, I mean, as a, kid, as a kid, seeing Teenage Superman was kind of cool. When I didn't really yeah. know much about who Superman was. Sure. You know? I knew at their very base was like, oh, that's, super- oh, that's Lex Luthor. X! I, uh... I was almost gonna say I need to watch Smallville one of these days, but I don't think anyone needs to watch Smallville one of these days. <laughs> anyway, that's it from me. 
that, that has that covered bad? my bases. Uh, not bad from what I've heard. Just like you don't need to watch it anymore. <laughs> like it's obsolete as a as a concept. You know, like it's. I think the the general consensus is that it's like it's fine. That one went on for a while too, right? It was yeah, yeah. it was fine yeah. Then again, right. well, it's not like we're getting really good like DC EW, stuff yeah. anymore at all. So maybe Smallville is the best version of Superman. Uh, who knows? Except there's that new. Uh, they're making like a new uh, Lois and Clark show called Superman and Lois. That is using the Superman from Supergirl, and they're going. They're like right. living in Kansas as like a normal couple. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they're doing That's over there. Sick. I don't know what they're doing. That, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's all I have to talk about for my round table. All right. Oh, sorry. I, I just totally missed it. You just said that was it for your roundtable. Vito! Oh! What do you What's got, up? my friend? God, we still have Vito? Jesus. <clears throat> Vito? Well, the video game things I've done this week uh, would be Oberdin, which we talked about, and it takes two. Um, John is my partner for that, and I'm excited to talk about that in our It Takes Two pod. Hopefully next week. I mean, I imagine we're going to beat this we're definitely beating this this week, at minimum. Probably on you guys. Um, other than that, I you guys wouldn't shut the fuck up about Star Trek. So uh, I was true. very sick the other day, and I was just in a watch Netflix on the couch mood, and I watched a bit of Star Trek The Next Generation. I saw the first four episodes, and... Uh, that picture just really threw me for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> it's Q um, dancing with a mariachi band in front of a, a not amused Picard. Is that from the first episode? No. Uh, I just searched TNG Q gifts. Uh, oh, okay. I'll give you a little something to look forward to then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I'll just say, you know, first episode was the best one I've seen so far, and it was interesting it piqued my interest um i'm not loving it the way you guys are right now but i'm like one is rough yeah so it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a star trek meme that for like most star trek shows the first season is is rough yeah yeah so this is the first time i'm looking i just happened to pull up a list um like a minute ago of the worst episodes like the the watch list so it breaks down uh, the there's like they have a list of twenty essentials and then they go episode by episode per season and they say if it's if you should skip it if it's skippable or if you should watch it and literally Encounter at Farpoint was the only episode that they recommend to watch <laughs> that I I've seen and most of season one other than like three or four other episodes it says watch so um, you, you need to, to watch uh, Farpoint it's a great episode and there's callbacks to it but I. You know, my first time watching TNG, uh, I literally, like, five or six episodes in the season just skipped to season two. Yeah, actually, I remember you saying that now. I'm not, um, I'm not, like, put off. Because I think the elements of the show that have been introduced to me so far, I'm, like, totally with them. I love 
the you know the spirit of exploration i like that i like any anthology format show i'm just really into that i like that i don't have to commit to like an overarching plot i mean i know there is one in this but it sounds like it's it's not important there there really isn't there's like there's arcs sometimes tng is like the least plotty of of all the 90s to 2000, early 2000s. I, I love season that. one arc is fucking weird, and I kind of love it for being so weird. I uh, I like you know the the format so far of like there there's some sort of uh, problem, and you know Picard uh, as the commander, you know he's he's the one to kind of find a solution and you know he's got this crew and i'm sure that this changes episode to episode but you know you got like yar who uh her first instinct is always like you know to fight as well as um what's his name the uh alien with the wharf wharf yeah yeah um, yar I'll, I'll i'll sleep on yar but wharf is a bro yeah, Worf seems cool. I like the characters so far. They seem alright. I mean, obviously Picard's cool. I like Riker. I don't know why. He just he just seems like a chipper. R- R- Riker's a charming guy. That's his whole thing. I, I'm with yeah. you, Vito. I almost never have a real problem with characters on a show like this, and I didn't seem to have one with any of the casts of any of the Star Trek shows so far. Like, even the characters who people tend to not like, I was like, you know what? They're just a part of the tapestry, you know? Yeah, I don't hate anybody. I I, met, I made a comment, you know, to you guys. Maybe it's laughable if you've seen more Star Trek episodes, but I said like uh, Troy's gimmick is gonna, I don't know, wear out where it's welcome pretty quickly for me. I don't know. Uh-huh. I just thought it was kind of like uninteresting for her to be like yelling like pain. I feel pain. <laughs> it's like all right, you know, but. Um, um, you know, I think, uh, I think they learn how to work that better later on. Cool. Yeah. The uh, first, out- the first episode is definitely like an outlier in, in bait and how Betazoids act, I think. Right. Or maybe right. in the first season. I don't know. Data is awesome. I really like Data. It's probably one of my favorites so far. Just cause like, I, I kind of get the archetype that he is, whether mm-hmm. other shows have characters like him that are in uh, have been inspired by data or whatever vice versa i guess data is kind of like the 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 spock of this season yes. of this uh series um and i just like that character archetype uh you know lo- straight logical but like quirky and and inhuman um, i think data's got some cool nuance to him uh that you probably haven't got much exposure to yet that um, maybe not i mean i get that he you know he wants to be a human and and well that, that's uh, what i'm talking about yeah I, I just thought that, like, you know, for a robot and, and who's literally supposed to just, like, kind of, like, output information to the team, his dialogue is quirky and, and interesting with subtleties. Uh, he actually is an interesting character, not just a literal robot. Um, oh, yeah, I love Data. It, it yeah, is I funny, could, like, you know, all, all that uh, 90s, 80s, 90s, and even some 2000s Star Trek it's written by like actual writers, not to not to be down on the people who are writing Star Trek today, but it's written by people who are actually like legit in a way that the new the new writers don't feel like they're thinking about things fully. <laughs> I don't, maybe that's right. too harsh, but like the old the old writers feel like writers, and so even like the no, dialogue I, feels I very pro- like proper. Yeah, I wonder what changed in the industry. Maybe just uh, yeah, I don't know. 
sci-fi shows were had a were bigger back then. I guess with the kind of stuff that people that larger audiences consumed. I don't I don't know. Yeah. The type of But um yeah, I'm sure I'll I'll talk about more. Uh, I'm gonna keep watching it, and actually, now that I found this list, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna watch the I'm gonna skip all the skip skip ones and and the skippable ones too, probably because you know, uh, I, I want to get to the good ones. I should I'm take a saying, look at that Rito, list. And if you ever want to? You ever want to? Th- oh, sorry. That's go ahead. Okay. No, I was gonna say I should take a look at that list and and tell you if that's okay. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll link you. I'll link you. I'll link you right now. You can give me your thoughts later. But um, yeah. All right, uh, if you ever want to throw up a ever want to throw up an episode to watch together, I'll definitely do that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. I was gonna it's, say it definitely earlier. seems like a, gr- a good group watch show too because I feel like there's a lot to kind of like I don't know, see yeah, poke sure. fun at, but you know, to jest about. Yeah. I, I made Eric watch the first episode and he had the same reaction. He was like, "Man, this is really good." The very first. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, well, other than that, episode, very first, no way out. Very uh, first episode is great. Sorry, I was just gonna say. I was gonna say earlier. Um, maybe maybe this isn't like <laughs> the right thing to do, but I'm gonna name drop Red Letter Media and say that they uh, recently did a video with Mike and Rich talking about season one of TNG, and uh, basically they're they're. Their take on it is very firm, like, nobody really needs to watch the first season, which I don't know that I fully agree with if you want to get, like, the, the groundwork laid. But they they really were like, this first season is really I, mostly bad, I, in I, their opinion. I completely agree with that. I, I mean, I, re- I really do. Like, I, I've seen the first season now, but, like, I watched the pilot in a couple episodes, and then I skipped to season two, and I feel like I fell in love with Star Trek still. I, I yeah. got... You know, I didn't need to have fifteen bad episodes to to understand what Star Trek was. Yeah, like, I got long that from, episodes too. I got I that from the pilot. You know, I would I would never have not watched season one, and I would never recommend someone like specifically not watch it. But I can understand why some people don't. <laughs> also, I, I'm I'm not I'm not recommending you don't. No, no, no. It. I'm just saying I skipped it, and I I did seriously feel like I didn't need to watch it. I, right. I felt like I missed nothing. Oh, one last uh, note, because I, 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 I don't want to drag this out, but um, I really like the production of the show. Like, I, it feels like each episode is kind of shot with the idea that it's like a little movie, and I love seeing like all the extras in the background and the wardrobe, and even like the you know the you call it cinematography, mm-hmm. um, the the effects. Uh, there's a real, there's a real charm to it. I feel like I'm watching like a, I don't know, like an old, uh, nineties VHS movie or something like that. Oh yeah. Um, I feel like shows today have a lot more of a house style for each show and for, to to a large extent, that's a good thing because then the the show feels consistent. But back in, in this era, it felt like each, uh, crew and especially like the the people in charge, like the director, cinematographer, the writers for that particular episode, had more sway on each individual episode, and therefore each episode would have more of a, a, a distinct vibe. Yeah. Neat. Um, <clears throat> Neat, he yeah. says. Neat. Uh, other than All Star right, Trek, I, I just want to bring up uh, something that 
I thought was interesting and, and I'm, I'm really glad that you guys uh, commented on it before the pod. Uh, so I got a Twitter recently. Um, Where from? Just for my, I found it at the, the thrift store. It's, oh, okay. um, it's Trump's Twitter. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, well, he can't, he can't use it anymore. So what's he going to do with it? Um, thrift store. I got I got Twitter recently uh, for I don't know why. Uh, well, you know I'm a photographer and and uh, a lot of photographers I was following on Instagram, you know the the photo social media um, platform. I've been moving to Twitter or rather starting Twitter accounts. So I I was curious about that and I went to Twitter. And immediately, like when I started following people, there was a discussion happening there that wasn't happening on Instagram that I could see um, or anywhere else. And it was everybody talking about NFTs. And I didn't know what an NFT was. Um, After a little bit, you know, I I Googled it. And um, I guess this is not brand new, but I think it's kind of newer in the zeitgeist and it's growing. Um, You guys know what they are. Um, NFT, uh, for anybody who, for anybody who does know what an NFT is, I apologize because I'm probably not going to describe them well, maybe <laughs> as a group we'll, we'll do better. But, um, but if you don't know what an NFT is, it stands for non-fungible token. And, uh, the way, basically what it is, is, uh, well, well, exactly what it is, is these artists are selling their work on, uh, platforms that allow you to do this. And they're selling their work for Ethereum, um, or maybe there's other, maybe other platforms um, accept other forms of cryptocurrency. But I, I see Ethereum um, is the main one that's used, if not the only one I, I've seen. And there's a um, specific facet of Ethereum that allows that to be possible, I believe. Okay, so I think I think Ethereum is the only one. So basically. There- Maybe you could weigh in on because this is all, this all has to do with blockchain, right? So when you mm-hmm. make a transaction uh, like this, I sell my piece of artwork to you uh, for you know whatever for one Ethereum. <clears throat> I guess there's metadata that's recorded in that transaction, and uh, you know your our names go on that transaction. Therefore, like if anybody were like. I don't know, steal that file and then try to sell it. They, they couldn't, I guess, because uh, help me out here. How does blockchain work to prevent fraud um, or to verify transactions to, and mint um, an artist's like, signature on a, on a file? Blood magic. Uh, the blo- it works by the idea of the public ledger, which records every transaction that's made. Every transaction that's made using digital currency is digitally signed, in other words. Um, So when I trade you a Bitcoin, it's added to the ledger. And the ledger is a component of the blockchain. And like the blockchain, the ledger can't be hacked. Uh, It's just uh, computationally impossible. So what the ledger serves is like evidence that a transaction was made. <clears throat> now with Ethereum, there's a specific facet of it where one can um, produce a token that is digitally signed um, by 
you, I guess. I'm not fully 100% sure how that works. But uh, the token can be anything, so you can turn, you know, a, a 20 second clip of a sports game into a token. Something like that. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess the, you know, there's some, some technicals there, but I don't, you know, I don't think they're necessary to, to understanding the story here. Basically there's these platforms that are popped up and as an artist, specifically a digital artist, we're talking about digital stuff. You can't sell a physical painting on these platforms for Ethereum. That's not how this works. Um, has to be digital items. So these artists are selling their digital work for Ethereum and this thing is blowing up and people are making a lot of fucking money selling their digital artwork. And the thing that's curious about this is, you know, you sell somebody a painting, you know, they could hang it up in their, in, on their wall. You know, they, they have that painting. It's the, it's the original. Okay. But if I sell you a photograph of mine, I, what you get is literally the same as you get a you know you get a JPEG file and you share that JPEG on the internet. Someone who right clicks and saves as has literally the same file that you have. So there's you know, uh, but, but you have brag. That's it. You have bragging rights. Right. You have. That, you have I mean, yeah. You go, you go back to the the painting thing. You know, there's a you could buy an Andy Warhol at Walmart, or you could print off one of Andy Warhol's paintings in like a really nice print paper and put on your but, wall. But that's not so exactly that, the same thing because there is a difference between the two. Andy uh, Warhol's... There's, there's, a, a, there's a small difference, but there, there is a now, difference. Now, there's a on. big difference. There's a big difference. Now, hang on. There's the, there's a reason why I said Andy Warhol because Andy Warhol is famous. Oh, he's a digital literally, artist. Well, no, he's famous for literally having factories that produced his paintings that he would call Andy, original Andy Warhol's. And why were they originals? Because he said so. And sure enough, those originals held value. So I mean, okay, well then, that, yeah, that's even more okay, well that's, But I, I mean, I do get what Vito's saying. Like, well, no, yeah, that, then you, I get what you're saying, Andy. Yeah, that, it, okay. You know, but either it's more like especially if it's like hand painted, you know, some, you know, even if you do print it out, it's not going to look the same. But whatever, it's sort of the same. But yeah, even more so on with these NFTs, it's like identical. They even it's feel the same. You can touch your special. screens; can be the same. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and people and these things, you know, have been selling for lots of money. And I, you know, I'll add to that in a second. But you guys just watched a documentary or a movie. Oh, recently. I don't. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk that. about that. What the fuck? Uh, well, you can talk right. about it now because it goes perfect. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe you don't want to go into the details. No, no, of the movie. It's fine. no it's I don't really have much to say about it. It was all right. We watched a Pepe documentary or a, a, a documentary on more so the creator of Pepe the Frog and uh, the journey Pepe has taken from a small comic book character to a uh, uh, alt right symbol uh, and, and everything in between. Uh, and it was feels just good, okay, mostly. Yeah, feels good, man. Was the name of it. It was fine. I mean, I, I thought it was worth watching, but it wasn't great. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. yeah, a well presented documentary that ultimately the core of its like message was to us. It seemed apparently like uh, <laughs> a little bit misguided, maybe, or a little bit like uh, not ga- not really capturing the. Uh, if you didn't know anything about Pepe, I thought it'd be super informative, and after watching it, you would know about Pepe. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, and you would also know about some bullshit like yeah, well, yeah, you about, also, the, about these yeah. crypto guys and, and this weird spiritual guy. But whatever. They did add some other stuff. But anyways, in that movie, there was a... At first, we we, we seen a guy driving a Lamborghini. I'm like, oh, dude. Like, turns out, in the, or at least I thought. Like, turns out in the future, a Pepe guy got paid, dude. He got recognized for all that. No, oh, I thought the same thing. Turns out, it's just some fucking... I don't even know his stupid name. His name's it's, Matt... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, we're not talking name, about the creator. Right, right. No. His name is uh, fuck. I've just had in front of me. Peter Kell. Peter Kell. Yeah, I don't want to remember it. He already forgot. Yeah, driving a Lamborghini. Pulls up. Turns out he owns or he sells like Pepe cards or NFTs or something, and he owns the most rare one there is, or at the time most rare one there was, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. Uh, and it's just Homer with the Pepe face. Yeah. Okay. So actually, hold on, let me just correct. Peter Kell, I think, is the one that ended up buying the card. I don't know who who sold it or whatever. Well, but then that, that yeah. would have been the guy in the dock. Then. Okay. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the guy he, who bought it. All right. Yeah. Okay. But he so, bought it for like three hundred something thousand, right? It was something right. stupid. Like it's just a card. Yeah. yeah three hundred twenty thousand. It's just it's a digital graphic of a playing card. Homer, well, yeah, the card Homer itself Pepe. means nothing, right? Like, the actual card is just printed out to say you own it. The thing he bought was the NFT, the digital version right. of that card. Yeah. Just for so, everyone at home. Yeah, and just for other examples, you know, I'll try to give you some other examples of uh, some some famous NFTs there. So I'll post a link for you guys in the, in the, uh, in the chat. So the most expensive NFT so far is... Is by this guy Beeple, who's an artist that I do actually follow. I uh, follow him on Instagram. He does like weird, um, usually oh, very. Uh, I've heard that name. He does, he does interesting digital art. It's usually like politically uh, pointed, featuring like really uh, like disgusting, sometimes futuristic uh, like themes. Um, but yeah, his. His photo every days, the first five thousand days. That's the name of his photo. Sold for sixty nine million. Um, and you know these NFTs are sold sometimes on auction. So sometimes you could just choose a price and sell it for that. Sometimes you could you could settle sell it at an auction. People will bid for it. I think he originally priced that at like six million or whatever, and it got bid up to sixty nine million. He also Sold the second highest NFT for six point six million, um, and what else? I think uh, Logan Paul ended up selling like he took like twenty second clips of one of his YouTube videos and like sold them individually as NFTs. Uh, Chris Torres, the creator of Nyan Cat, sold. Am I saying that right? I'm such a bad internet person. Nyan Cat. Mm-hmm. He sold Nyan Cat. For $561,000. And now just to reiterate, like, you don't, you get, you don't really get anything. <laughs> Someone's going to get mad at me saying that. But you don't really get anything from buying, like, the cat. You get the file. So, like, Chris Torres has the ability to keep producing Nyan Cat. Like, it doesn't, you know, he's still the owner of Nyan Cat as the artist. Um, you know, so it's just this interesting world, um, that I'm, I'm looking at right now and I don't know how I feel about it. I'm conflicted because I feel like 
for artists. Um, I don't know. I honestly, what I feel this is what this seems like is basically, uh, like the democratization of like art houses, right? So if you're in the art world and you, you're, a, you're an artist, you could sell your, if you're good enough and you're famous enough, you could sell like your fine art at, you know, a Christie's auction house or whatever. So th this concept has always existed. There's always people that would, you know, bid on paintings and stuff like that. And, you know, how much something is worth has always been subjective. Um, and now I feel like, platforms like foundation and OpenSea, these are these are nft platforms are kind of doing like what robin hood did for stock trading um you know just bringing it to people so I, I don't see anything really wrong with people wanting to spend money on digital art i think it's great for digital artists um especially because there wasn't something like that that existed before um but overall i really just feel like this is all just like uh artists like just punking rich people kind of i don't think there's anything right. wrong with that but yeah, i mean you know art has always been has always had the value of whatever people are willing to pay for it yeah I mean, that's 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 just the way and art works also really say yeah this all seems so fucking stupid to me <laughs> exactly yeah oh hold on yeah. i have some breaking news all right so i was reading through here and the homer pepe is on this thing you linked I just want to say that Kel rented that Lamborghini for his on-screen appearance in hopes of oh, raising interest from prospective buyers. That's that pathetic. So oh. that wasn't his Lambo. Just saying. I I told you already. I saw the sadness behind his eyes. You know. It's you like, did say that. You really did. So anyway, uh, NFTs new to me. Interesting thing. Um, and uh, you know, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check it out. Fuck it. I'm an artist. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to check it out. There's the, I think the biggest platform foundation is like invite only. So hmm. if you, once you make a sale on Rim, the platform, baby. no, no. Once you make a oh. sale on the platform, you get an invite, you get to invite anybody, um, you know, any, any of your friend artists. So that's how you get in. So that's like not something that I'll, I'll probably get in, but, um, yeah, this shit's interesting. You know, a lot of people, a lot of artists are mad because it seems like, um, you know, it, it might change uh, artists' focus from creating art, interesting art for them yeah. into, you know, just pushing out art that they could sell on these platforms for money yeah it's definitely a sort of like uh another another avenue into a certain certain type of dystopia that we're inevitably hurtling towards yeah Just like uh, i don't know <laughs> so anyway that's that's it all right that's cool. awful uh i i can end cap the nft discussion um just with how insane it seems and how ever president is getting but a blogger I follow, and I've talked about on the podcast, Scott Alexander, uh, he recently apparently sold one of his top blog posts as an NFT called Meditations on Moloch uh, for $35,000. Uh, now, he was approached for this and offered, oh, look, I'll buy Moloch for $35,000. And uh, so he posted about it, and he said that he made sure that the person who was buying it was sufficiently sane and that person who was buying it was not 
or was rich enough that it wouldn't matter. Uh, and then he um, turned it into an NFT, kept a small amount of it to pay himself for learning how NFTs work, and then <laughs> donated most of it most of it to charity. That's, oh, awesome. that's pretty stand up. Yeah, yeah, I like that guy a lot. Um, all right, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and go into the news then. Um, first off, we got Square Enix presents presentation happened. What are we? Yeah, there, there wasn't much notable from that. They did not announce Hawkeye three, so that's just the one thing I got to say about it. Yeah, really. I mean, we were all expecting Hawkeye three. And the, the 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 lack of Hawkeye three three presence was uh, dearly missed. Yeah. And the only thing that they was have, like for they us showed was Black Panther, like, right? Yeah, due to arrive um, somewhere in the latter half of this year, so another nice. six seven months without a character. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh. I was going to say, that Square Enix thing, the only thing I could think of was that, the fucking mobile games, and uh, the <laughs> Life is Strange. Yeah, I was going to say, the only thing that was like even worth mentioning, really, is uh, Life is Strange 3. Or, yeah. I should say, True Colors. Um, both, you know, for me, positives and negatives. I think, I think uh, Andy, your impression was pretty positive, right? I like the trailer a lot. I think it could be good. Hesitantly optimistic, as always. I'm also hesitantly optimistic, because I like the first one, and you guys said the second one sucked, so I didn't even bother with that. So I'm hoping this is uh good. Yeah, I just hear about this Xbox party chat and whatnot being free. I mean, that's cool. That is cool. If I played on an Xbox, I'd be pretty excited and happy about that. That is cool. It comes with the Xbox Live being rebranded to Xbox Network, which follows a weird line of Xbox deciding to make their fun video gaming things more and more like enterprise-level software. <laughs> um, I don't understand what's going on with the marketing department there. I feel like I feel like the Xbox marketing department is not distinct from like the big Microsoft marketing department for some reason. It's it just feels like, it feels like the Xbox Network. Yeah, it just sounds it rolls boring. off the tongue. Xbox Network activate. I love also, you, Xbox Network. Also, it's it's a weird thing because it's like, you know, uh, PlayStation Network. Like, I don't know. It, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, it's weird. It's weird to change your name so late oh, in the game shit. to resemble that of, a, of your competitor. Maybe they're that is fucking weird. Yeah. Um, Microsoft is in talks to buy Discord. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that <laughs> sure doesn't happen. That's wild. Um, and I, I of, only uh, hope that doesn't happen just because like Discord's great as it is, and they make great improvements on their own, and. Uh, I just can't see Microsoft doing anything good for Discord. Yeah, it'll be like nothing yeah. or negative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And oh, it'll certainly be negative. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna find ways to try to sell stuff to you on Discord, and they're gonna mm -hmm. do some integration with Xbox that's going to, I'm sure, impact the PC platform in ways that it shouldn't. I don't want to go back to Skype. 
I really don't want to. <laughs> that's, go. What I, that's, what that's what I was thinking when I was reading. That's what I was thinking when I read this. It's like, God, are you are you going to tell me there's we're seriously going to have to move off Discord eventually? Like, Discord's going to start shitting, and then there's going to be another fucking next best thing, and we're all going to have to start all this shit over again. Discord's like a, uh, my opinion, uh, for what we do, Discord's like astonishingly good yes. at what it does. And there's nothing I know remotely that, close. So what, just like, just don't sell. That, that's why I don't want it to be touched. But I mean, yeah. I'm no uh, venture capitalist. I'm not in the Silicon Valley or whatever. But I understand that um, it is not surprising to people who are familiar with how these companies work. This is the way it works, is that you have a cool, sexy startup. You get a huge user base. You use that user base to get an impressive valuation. Discord was res- recently valued at $10 billion. And then you start shopping around. Yeah, that's what I would do. But I can't blame them just because for that reason, because that's that's what I would do too, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's probably what we'll do with the podcast too. Yeah, the broken campfire NFT. Oh, yeah, if you don't yeah. get on that, dude. I was actually thinking that I was like, what if we sell an episode as like an NFT? And I was like, oh wait, no one would buy it. <laughs> yeah, but maybe they would. Oh, though. Maybe true. this is like what launches us. We like, have to yeah, buy it, guys. Oh, look, 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 look. We oh. all take out a small loan, and then we buy it anonymously for like sixty grand. And then, like, oh, they bought this for sixty grand. What is it? We'll listen to it, and then they'll hear about us. And they'll try to listen to it. And then, why yeah. the fuck did they buy this for sixty? The thing is, we we're, cut we're out this off. part. We don't tell them right now. We're gonna buy it. What if we just take that sixty grand and buy a Times Square billboard instead, though? Probably Always on about right? that Times Square billboard. We want. I just want the Times Square billboard. That's I it. know you do. We can just like. Just do that, some right? Stickers, some stickers. Yeah, yeah. Put some stickers up there. <laughs> All right. What else uh, we got? Crash Four. It's about time on PC oh. was released, and it requires a persistent internet connection to play, uh, and is only be able to purchase through BattleNet. Uh, and it requires that, mind you, with actually no online features, not even <laughs> cloud saves. That's um, so stupid. And, uh, you know, people were saying it might not be Crack because the game has Denuvo, but um, it, I, Crack was released uh, less than a day after the game was released for the online portion of the game. So I don't believe they've actually cracked the Denuvo. Um, but if you own the game legally, you can use this Crack to bypass the... Um, uh, what's the word? The online, always online thing? The, uh, the ping home or whatever. E- evil... On- DRM, evil yeah. DRM, evil DRM. Um, most DRM feels evil. Yeah, and you know I'm sure that the crackers are working hard to <laughs> fucking bust the Denovo on this. So yeah, yeah, they always do. Uh, yeah, I mean, silly, needless. They had the same problem with um, just like years ago. Wasn't it like Sim City 2000 uh, or something? No, City Skylines. I think it was. Oh right? uh, yeah, maybe maybe it was. It was one of those. Um, I don't think it was City Skylines. That, that one. I think it was. Nah, Sim I, mean, City. I think it was Sim City. It's, it sounds like an origin thing, like shitty they would do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and this yeah, is you know the crash thing, thing is Activision, right? Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of doo doo brains. Uh, I have not played that game yet. I don't know if it's good, but uh, I've heard that it's hard. Cracked, I'll play it. Oh, that's good. Some people are saying too hard, but who knows? Alright, what else we got? We got, um... A PlayStation owners. Why don't you freaking uh, unite over here, right? They're trying to shut us down, you know what I'm saying? 
This sucks. I don't. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of this one. This kind of blows. Well, why is this? How so, does so, this affect you? Like honestly. Oh, uh, I mean, what, what? What? Hang on. Let's explain what this is. All <laughs> uh, oh, right. Well, they're trying. Sony. To hear me? Sony to has announced down, that the PS3, the PS Vita, and the PSP digital stores are shutting down. <laughs> That's what I said, bro. You you presented the emotions of it, which is right. But I know we got a very we got some empaths in our audience, so they would you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's something really affects me. Yeah, just going into it. So yeah, PS3, PS Vita, PSP. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't I, know. Why don't you just buy some a new system? Lol. That's that's the thing. Well, it's, it's like play, it's not going to affect many people, but yeah, but it's, it's like a harbinger of, games. of all the. I all don't the know, dude. I I, I would like are, to know how many PSP digital sales they get in a month. Probably I'm sure zero. I can't imagine it's. It, PSP, I can understand, but like PS3, I, I, I don't know. I guess PS3 I is Harbinger. a little shaky. It, it's not that it's also. like, you're absolutely right. I don't think it's going to affect many people. I don't, it, it's, it's reasonable for them to do as a company, but also it's like, okay, so that's just forever gone. You know, all the, all the purchases. It is, it's more tied make. into the next story. Um, you know, Microsoft supporting order games will start in 10 or even behind. It is, right. uh, Right now, is so this is a story where the 360, a bunch of games on the 360 are now available to stream uh, if you have an Xbox uh, through your Game Pass membership. It includes things like Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, which I've talked before about how that's the definitive edition of those games. I'd love to play them again. Um, meanwhile, like Nintendo, for sure, and especially Sony, we're talking about right now, uh, they started with like the PS3 that could play every PS2 game. And then by the end of the PS3 life cycle, even they had PS3 models that didn't have backwards compat at all. And on the PS5, you, there's really no way to play like there's no native way to play PS2, PS3 games. Um, you're mm-hmm. you're stuck with like the selection they've made available on the digital store. Meanwhile, they're doing stuff like shutting down all those old digital stores. So it's not just like yeah. shutting down those digital stores doesn't matter if that content is available elsewhere. You know what I mean? Which it's not. Is the real problem? Yes. So the only thing that's really going to support this, you know, collection of games anymore is essentially illegal. <laughs> you know, uh, the digital pot copies that people have saved, and it won't affect me in any way, really. No. But um, it's sad to see. I, li- I like uh, gaming archiving. I like the idea of once something's released, people could always have access to it eventually especially because it's no longer necessary for us to lose things really you know these types of media right uh then the final story tonight the e3 twitter passive aggressive that's not my words listeners e3 twitter passive aggressively (laughs) announced that e3 2021 will be a free digital uh event uh, in response to rumors that it could be behind a paywall, which yeah, I mean, it'd be ridiculous if you had to pay money to see E3, and we would absolutely get around it by uh, watching bootleg streams, <laughs> as would I'm sure almost everyone else. I'd bring a drone to uh, the building. <laughs> I just thought this th- this thing was funny. It's like so the that that paywall news was delivered by video game chronicle or whatever 
And people were saying like, oh, they're not that reputable. Uh, but the, and but they're like the only ones who they're the ones who broke the story. So they're the only ones that like had the story. And then E3 like fires back on Twitter and says like, we'll give you the real news when the time comes, but it's not. It's going to be free. Yeah. And well, it looks video like game the- chronicles like. But we, you know, we had our sources, and yeah, this is what they, we were told. They've changed the article to E3 has made a U-turn. Yeah, so they're sticking to it. Yeah, you know, nobody would have paid for that. I oh, never paid for even, that. Yeah, don't even float it out there. Be a bad movie. Yeah, don't but even... at the same time, I bet the story is true because, of course, oh, they yeah. talked about it. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, why I mean, not? Why not talk yeah. about it? But Somebody's why not talk about it? Why not? Why not play around with the numbers? You know, but yeah. Pax East right. was also canceled. What did you say? Oh, yeah, Pax, Pax East, East was canceled. To no, I mean, it's not surprise, oh, yeah. but yeah. Got they, they are cautiously optimistic about Pax Unplugged and like, Pax West, though. Oh, are they? Oh yeah, I that, think uh, that's what they that makes me think. Yeah. That reminds me, uh, actually, uh, Gen Con 2021 is still on as of now. Um, they Which moved one is Gen Con? It, they they moved board it games. to yeah, board Gen Con's games. the biggest uh, board game convention. Okay. Right. Um, they moved it to September and said that uh, they're closely coordinating with public health officials who are optimistic about their ability to pull off the event this year. Ooh. <laughs> Mid September. <laughs> I'm but it's behind ahead. a paywall, Vita. Where is that? A, is that in Philadelphia? Uh, oh, Gen Con. Gen Con's in Indianapolis, my friend. It's, it's I went to something in Philadelphia that was close to Gen Con one. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know any other board game conventions except Gen Con. I just know it's also the biggest because they say it, they say it is. So I have to believe them. <laughs> you have to roll sick. a die on their uh, on their web page and. Depending on what you roll is the amount you have to donate, quote unquote, to see the, <laughs> the stream of the event. I've uh, I've had a handful of friends who went to Gen Com, and I, I've heard it's dope. I, I have friends who go every year they can. All right, well, where, uh, I'm looking forward pod. to I'm looking forward to free E3 with you guys. I always love doing that. The last yeah, one was like 2018, if you will. right? No, uh, what? No, let me do it every year. Right? Yeah, there's or an E3 every year. Fucking insane. Have they been like? Okay, never mind. <laughs> I thought uh, there was well, like. No, 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 no. They, there, it's definitely there, not there the same real E3 e- as it used to be. It's kind of yeah, more that's like. Yeah, that's what no. I mean. I guess. Yeah, they don't do like a stream. Yeah. It's like usually Sony to the stream, Microsoft to the stream. But yeah, you're right. This will be interesting. E3 is actually doing like a stream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I understand what you mean. Yeah, it was 2019. I've always was the last one. Then. Okay. Also. Okay. I've always no, there was this, there was Jeff Keeley's Summer Games Fest last that, year. Oh yeah. What's that, What's that John? I was gonna say that you were thinking of Pax Unplugged. It was Pax Unplugged that I went to a few years ago. That was pretty cool. That's in Philly. All right, I'm tired. Let's end this podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Rate us on iTunes. Email us brokencampfire@gmail.com, and Flask is gonna send us out. Sure. If you have any. Um... What was I going to say?